at SifPop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writers Zoom. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop Writers Jeffrey. Hey. As well as Mike. What up, what up? Jeff and Mike uh, both been on the show before. Uh, Jeffrey, I think you most recently did the um, uh, the Spiderhead review. Is that right? I did, yep. Right, and you did not like it. You were on that side. I was on that side. Which side were you on? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I, it's very split from the yeah. people I've talked to. Very split. Yeah, I have just not had the time to get around to, to stuff unless I'm like really excited about it. So, I feel um, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Mike, uh, Mike writes a lot for the site. It does pretty much like half of our TV catalog. Um, what was the most recent thing you did? It's been, it's been a hot second. Uh, I, yeah, fortunately for the most part, most of my TV uh, is later on this month. But the last mm-hmm. thing that I wrote about... Would it have been the cross-platform partners? Um, like where you did the, the, the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command show? Uh, my most recent one was Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe, actually. So it was mm, a rare movie, it, a rare movie that <laughs> I, I jumped in on. But um, but it, before that, yeah, it was the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. I was show. so proud of that because Robert asked me, he's like, Mike's not sure where to go. He had these ideas. And I'm like, I would really love him to do Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. And and then I never heard back. And, and then it happened. I went, oh, yeah, it happened. <laughs> So, no, it was a good, that was a good call. It was a good show. I liked it. Yeah, it's and, it's right in the nostalgia for me. So, And I, I loved your tweet afterwards, just say, like giving me props and sh- calling out Disney Plus for not having it on their on their it's, streaming platform, which I completely so agree. It's I so completely dumb. agree with. That's crazy. It's it's so you would think that Lightyear, the release of Lightyear is the perfect time to do that. But what do I know? Um Anyway, uh, so yeah, they write for SipPop.com. Uh, movie reviews, TV shows, uh, best ever challenges, lots of other fun stuff going on there. Uh, so make sure to check out SipPop.com to keep up with all that. Uh, but on the pod- podcast today, we're going to talk about coming attraction. we got Jordan Peele's Nope this week, and then we'll dive into a TV catch-up. We'll talk about all the things that we've been watching. Uh, and then we might have a B-plot, depending on time. Uh, the B-plot, if we have one, will be they will pitch a show to me, and I will have to greenlight only one of them. Uh, so, uh, based off of an existing IP, that's the only parameters they have. I hope we have time to get there cause that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but first let's get a chance to know our writers this week. Uh, we've, we've done the basic question. You guys have been on the show a few times before. Um, so we are doing the list of shame games. So two films that you have seen and one film that you have not seen. Um, uh, this kind of varies every week when I do it, I think, or, or based off of whether, uh, whether they do it on the, the Sif pop proper pre-show and all that but i i chose will you will do two films you have seen and one that you have not um i went with a theme for my movies i can go ahead and go first um so i my theme is i picked 2021 films so these are films that came out last year i've seen two of these and i have not seen one of them uh we'll start off with come on come on uh and then also resident evil welcome to raccoon city and lastly pig I have not seen one of these. Which one do you think it is? I'm going to go with Pig. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Pig too. L- uh, just talk me through your process. Why do you think it's Pig? So, because I I know you've seen one of them, because I okay. may or may not have referenced it in an upcoming article coming up soon. Okay. But, um, I don't know. I, I feel like 
in the end of the year, you know, end of the year dump where everybody has to like pack in as many movies as possible. And I feel like Come On, Come On would be one of those movies where, you know, it's got some buzz going, you know, from performances and, you know, everything like that. I feel like Come On, Come On would at least be like jammed in there uh, versus Pig, which was released earlier in the year. Okay. What do you, what was your line of reasoning, Jeffrey? Uh, I feel like a lot of people, that's Pig is one of those movies where a lot of people have meant to get to it and just have it. So that's mm. that's why. And also the fact that um, you were curious before we started recording about the Resident Evil show makes me believe that you've probably seen the Resident Evil. Fair. Well, so. to be fair, um, I've only seen two Resident Evil movies. Mm. Uh, but you guys are correct. I have seen Welcome to Raccoon City. And I have kind of skipped through the first two Resident Evil. So we'll say total of one. Like the first <laughs> one in Apocalypse. Like... I was watching, I'm like, these are bad. I'll skip to an action scene if it gets better. And it wasn't. I was like, this is bad. I'm going to turn this off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, Pig is the one. You're exactly right, Jeffrey. Pig is the one that I meant to get around to once it got all the positive reviews. And then I just never did. And Mike, you're exactly right. Come on, come on was the very last film that I got around to in, in, in my year end catch up because I thought it had a really good chance of being nominated for some Oscars. Um, sure. And I don't think it did any, and I didn't particularly think so. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, it's okay. And <laughs> I need to watch it again. I, I mean, the, the the kid is obviously really good, and Joaquin Phoenix is oh, yeah. good. But to me, nothing about that movie was necessarily like special. When when I was compiling my end of the year list last year, Pig was on the list, and I I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to get around to it because it's Nicolas Cage. Uh, yep. But I had heard good things, especially from uh, people in Sif Pop. So I, I think that was one of my earlier ones. And I was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked it. Yeah. Yes. Jeffrey, why don't you go next? Okay, so for my list, I have Fight Club, The Truman Show, and Citizen Kane. Man, you've, you've seen two of these? I've seen two of them. I got my answer. I do too. Okay. Cool, cool. I think it's I think it's the Truman Show, which is a shame because I think Truman Show is probably the best of those three movies. Um, okay, my reasoning is Citizen Kane has such an, an aura around it now that movie fans like us have to see it, especially with the release of Mank two years ago. Um, or it was the first 4K Criterion, which means something to some people. Um, so I, I have a good feeling you've seen Citizen Kane and Fight Club is just too like widespread pop culture phenomenon, especially in like, you know, college age guys. So um, yeah, I'm sticking with Truman Show. I'm going to go with Citizen Kane because kind of using that same logic, it's one of those movies where it's like, as a movie fan, I should get to it, but maybe just never got around to it. So I'm going to go with Citizen Kane uh, for that reason. It's okay. Citizen Kane kind of sucks anyway. (laughs) Oh, Ouch! You can you can listen back. Robert and I talked extensively about it one time. Neither of us really oh like boy. it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, you both wrong. I've never seen Fight Club. Oh, no. um, Citizen Kane. By good, the way, good. I've I'm so happy you've seen Truman Show. I've, yeah, oh, come on. I, I have, yeah, um, I've only seen I've only seen Citizen Kane on the plane, and I really liked it. But I was like, uh-huh. if I had anything else to do in these past three hours, I might have not liked it as much. So I really need to watch that movie <laughs> outside of like. It's really dark and I have nothing else to do. I mean, I was entertained, but you know, I don't think airplane viewing is the best uh, gauge of quality. No, and uh, yeah, no, Fight Club's just one of those things where, like, I feel like I already knew. I'm, I'm sure it's still a good movie regardless, but since I already know the twist ending, I was just kind of, I've always just kind of been like, I'll get to it. So I already the know twist, where it goes. I guess the, I feel like I do t- anyway. A good twist ending, and Fight Club is a good twist ending. 
And I feel like this is good about like most of Shyamalan's films, again, that we consider good. A good twist ending only enhances a second viewing. It doesn't necessarily ruin a first. Sure. Like yeah. like um like the twist ending of the sixth sixth sense, I think is supposed to enhance the viewing uh, of the film. Um or or unbreakable is supposed to enhance the viewing of the film for a for a future watch. And I think Fight Club is the perfect example of a film that makes it better knowing the ending. Interesting. Okay. And I've heard that before. I've heard that it's better if you actually know it. Or I mean, it's still good regardless, but yeah, it hits on a different level. Well, and that's that's one as well where um, it's fun to go back and um, like potentially not so much compare notes, but like also go and read the book as yeah. well. The book is the, the book good. is interesting, and the book is is different as well. So, but um, but the movie is better than the book. I would have to with that, but it's yeah. still it's still good. I haven't seen yeah. Fight Club in years, so... Neither have I. All right, Mike, what is your list of shame game? Uh, I did have a theme as well. I am pulling movies from last week's um, BEC. Oh! Uh, so check it out on uh, sippop.com. You know, uh, best uh, best movies with two directors. Uh, so my three movies are Singing in the Rain, City of God, Uncut Gems. Man. I have my answer. I'll wait till Jeffrey has his, and then I'll explain. <laughs> yeah. So it's Singing in the Rain, City of God... Okay, I'm gonna guess. Like, likewise, I'm going to to guess my personal favorite of those three movies. I'm gonna say you've not seen City of God for for the reasons being, um, first of all, it's a foreign film, so there is a little bit of a mindset gap going into there. Um, but secondly, um, Uncut Gems is way too recent for any movie fan, like especially the Sip Pop crew, to not have seen when it came out, uh, especially with awards contention and all that. Um, and uh, Singing in the Rain, I think, is just too ingrained into the nature of Sif Pop, given how Dicer's love for it. Um, I feel like he's recommended it or talked about it enough that you probably just had to watch it. So but that's why my guess is City of God. But again, City of God is my favorite of the three of them. Uh, what do you think, Jeffrey? Yeah, my guess is Uncut Gems, only because that would be like the craziest one. <laughs> for, for, for the think of you missing that, that would be that would be insane. So I'm going to go with it just off of the strength of that. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey, you you are the winner. I have not yeah, seen Uncut Gems God. yet. Um, I you know before before I started writing for for Sif Pop, I had never seen Singing in the Rain, and mm-hmm. then you just find out pretty quick. Singing in the Rain, kind of like Citizen Kane is for film viewers. I feel like Singing in the Rain is kind of required to be you know do anything for Sif Pop. So <laughs> um, I ended up watching that and be like, oh, that's where a lot of these Hollywood things come from okay that makes sense and city of god is one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time it's yeah city of god, so. so good so good and uncut gems is just one of those movies that i meant to get around to it and just never have mm. guys i did so bad you both guessed mine and i didn't guess either of you. i did so bad today man all right Fine. well it was fun i'm glad we did that um so we're going to move on real quick. Um, normally, this is where I have one random question, but I have three questions real quick that we're going to quick fire. Uh, first of all, last week was uh, involved, included Amazon Prime Day. Did you guys pick up anything for Prime Day? I, I did. Um, I picked up a subscription to AMC Plus for oh. is uh, 99 cents for two months and then go back to the regular, um, you know, go back to the regular price. But that was the yeah. only thing that I, I ended up picking up. Um, and it's been it's already paid off. I was surprised at how much uh, how much stuff I've been watching that so far. Talk about a streaming service that I'm so uninterested in, but that's also yeah. from the guy that pays for <laughs> Paramount Plus. So hey, I, I pay for Paramount Plus too, and I uh, I, I feel you there. Yeah, we'll talk right. about some Paramount Plus there. Jeffrey, what about you? 
uh, I was overseas and I was not aware it was Prime Day until it was over. So yeah. <laughs> Wait, where where were you? I was in St. Lucia uh, for a family reunion. My family's fine. Fine. I picked up some printer ink. Um, there was a <laughs> the book for Star Wars: The Force Unleashed two was on sale. Um, I picked up uh, this cleaner called The Pink Stuff, which is supposed to be really good. Um, and then I picked up some movie stuff. Um, so uh, the new Al- uh, Alan Wake remastered video game um, was on sale to a price point that I was like finally ready to move on it because Alan Wake is an incredible game. Um, I picked up the Blu-ray version of Brooklyn Nine-Nine Complete Series um, as well as Parks and Rec the Complete Series, which I had both of them on DVD. This is just an upgrade for you know like 20 bucks um something that's not on sale hardly ever i got the twin peaks complete television series collection the old series and the new one and i've never seen twin peaks so like i'm excited it's a good investment it's good yeah again that that this box set like hardly ever goes on sale it's typically like 65 dollars, and this one was on sale for like uh um like maybe 40 or something like that so i was like okay even if i don't get around to it right now um, and then it, it's not arrived yet, but I also did the same thing with community about the ways when I have the, um, and, uh, singing in the rain, the 4k was on sale for 10 bucks. Um, oh, and one last thing I bought a board game called poetry for Neanderthals, which is a lot of fun. So <laughs> you, you essentially, it's, it's essentially charades, but you're only allowed to use one syllable words. And then there's a person standing next to you that sees the cards. And if you use, um, part of the word or a once or a like bigger than one syllable word to describe it, then they have a inflatable bat that they get to whack you with. So it's a lot. Of, it's actually a lot of fun. So That's, that sounds um, like more fun taboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of. And, you know, and it's it's a it's it can be family friendly. You can play it to where it's not. Um, that's that's also a thing. But uh, uh, but yeah, we um, we had a lot. Of, we, we we most of my wife's family has it, so we've played it several times. I like it a lot. Um, uh, all right. Question regarding um, the Force Unleashed two book: Have you played the Force Unleashed two? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You still wanted to go I, down that journey. <laughs> I, I love both of the games. I I didn't know that people didn't like the the second game yeah, until very recently. Um, I love both games. I don't own the first book yet, but like the book was like five dollars, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm gonna read it at some point. So, um, I mean, I think the ending is a little weird and definitely breaks canon depending on like how how you how you choose to end the game. But yeah, yeah. Um, but ultimately, like I I love that storyline and I I want to see it brought back in canon. Like I was we I was talking last month about in Kenobi. Like I would love to see a Star Killer cameo. I think that'd be incredible. That so, maybe maybe uh, maybe in the future. But uh, I think at this point they're more focused on Cal Kestis. But you know maybe they could bring Star Killer into the the next the Jedi, whatever the new Fallen Order game is that it's called. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, the other question, another question I wanted to ask is, um, it's, it's also a Criterion sale this month. Did you guys pick up anything? I I have not. Um, I My my days of buying physical media have, have gone downhill, um, particularly mm. now that I have a second child. And yeah, it's, we, we're, we're exclusively streaming now, which is kind of a bummer, but. Um, True. No, I understand. But, no, I um, buying physical media barely started, so <laughs> I yeah. just have a, a spending problem. Is all. Um, I picked up because we're talking about it next week. Um, there, there's there's an Arrow Academy, which is their version of the Criterion for the apartment on Blu-ray that I picked up, and then we had quite the discussion because it has a reversible cover, and I put in our Slack chat which one should 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 be displayed, and there was quite a like split discussion on that. Um, I also picked up, uh, the 4k for double indemnity criterion, um, the one night Miami Blu-ray. Um, there's a French film called, uh, the red circle, 
that's like a heist film and i've seen it once and like it, it revolves around a heist that involves that like revolves around being completely silent so there's no score and there's no audio for like a 20 to 30 minute portion of the movie. it's awesome um and i picked up the worst person in the world because that was brand new um raging bull uh, that's a 4k copy and um has not shipped yet will be delivered soon two of them both uh um the original 310 to yuma only because i love the new one so much and um drive my car which comes out on tuesday so yes that was what i picked up um uh, but yeah good, I, uh, good call yeah i mean uh, my budget is blown for the next like while but like prime day and criterion so like we budget in those things so you know it just means that i have shorter months around them <laughs> shorter budget months <laughs> around them um you know we know i I have an inflated july and an inflated december or november budget for prime day and black friday and then the rest of the month the rest of the time is just like all right so anyway um okay here's the true random question because i asked you guys about those in advance here's the true random question what is the most useless fact that you know offhand boy <laughs> While you guys are thinking, I'll tell you, and it involves a story. Um, I, I recently started working at this restaurant um, that they have a signature drink called uh, the painkiller. And I recently found out that you are not allowed to call this particular cocktail a painkiller unless you use a particular brand of rum. If you if you try to sell a painkiller with anything other than Pusser's rum, you cannot technically call it a painkiller. Um, and there's a whole backstory with that that involves like... Uh, um, essentially there was like this person that had this cocktail made and then this one person came up and was like that's really good and then he's like he's like i want the recipe and they're like no and then he went back and he made it himself and he came back and he's like i made it and they're like that's not it and then they had a taste off and whichever one won got the rights and then the guy won and so they said from now on you have to use this rum and he copyrighted it so you cannot technically sell a painkiller painkiller unless it has pusser's rum in it that's my fun fact <laughs> my useless fun fact what do you got um, I don't, I've, I've heard this many times, but I'm not sure if it's true because it sounds kind of outlandish, but, uh, apparently there was a study done, um, shortly after the advent of black and white TV where people were, um, taking polls on what color people had their dreams in. And there were a lot of people that had dreams in black and white, but then mm-hmm. once they transitioned to color TV and color movies, a lot of people, um, did not report having black and white dreams anymore, which suggests that the media we consume affects our dreams. Interesting. I want to look into that. I thought yeah. this was a useless fun fact. That was that's so <laughs> cool. That's so cool. It just sounds, I've heard it multiple times. I'm like, that just sounds so untrue. But like, I've heard it many, many times. So it's either like one of those like internet rumors that's gone widespread or it's a real thing. I don't know. Okay. Sounds good. So I, I get usually a weekly fun fact um, each, uh, each week because I host trivia at a bar around mm-hmm. me. Um, and the most recent fun fact that was a trivia question that, surprise, surprise, nobody got correct, was um, the, the Burj Khalifa is 163 floors. That, you know, that just mm-hmm. came up because that was just a random question that just the, the category was buildings. I'm like, okay, cool. And it was surprisingly hard for everybody there because everyone's like it's got to be taller than the sears towers so it's like 110 120 or so uh mm-hmm. and then like nope it's 163 floors so interesting that's that's one that's one for me i guess <laughs> i used to write bar trivia so if you ever need some material on like pixar or the 007 movies i got you i'll just send them over your to know i will i will keep that in mind 
Yeah, there was a guy that did barbecue trivia in my area, and it's just like, I'll pay, I'll pay you fifty bucks to write one. I'm like, I could use fifty bucks. <laughs> I'm not doing <laughs> yeah, anything right with my time. <laughs> so I have like Pixar and a couple. Of, anyway, it's a lot. It's lots of fun. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it in a couple. Of years. Anyway, um, let's uh, move on to our coming attraction. So uh, we were talking about Jordan Peele's Nope this week. Nope, uh, of course, written and directed by Jordan Peele. Uh, the synopsis: Residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. Uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, uh, Michael Wincott, um, Stephen Yun, Keith David. Uh, anybody else like big that I'm missing here? Yeah, I think that's it. I always like to ask that because sometimes I just like I'm just like they're like you miss this person. I'm like I don't know. okay, I don't know that person. Is. Uh, this will be theatrical only coming out this week. Uh, so um, no caveats here. Uh, the only caveat is just I don't care. Like, like not I don't care. We're not factoring in your budget or your schedule or, any, or anything like that. Just if you had an entirely open week and all the money in the world, how soon do you think you'd go check this film out? Would you go? Oh, would you go to theaters? Would you wait till um, you can rent it at home? Will you wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for? Or are you not interested in seeing it? Mike, let's start with you. Uh, this is opening weekend for me. Um, Jordan Peele is kind of in that early M. Night Shyamalan territory where until he proves me wrong, it's opening weekend. So okay. I will I will give Jordan Peele all, all my money and the benefit of the doubt until until such a time when one of his movies is like, no, no, this, this isn't connecting with me. I'm really curious about this because the previews don't give a lot. The synopsis don't give a lot either. Um, I'm just excited, uh, especially considering that most of the, a lot of the movies that have been out this summer are all part of a franchise. So just for something to be different, um, that's what I'm looking forward to, to a lot. Okay. What about you, Jeffrey? Yeah, definitely in theaters opening weekend. Um, I think part of the reason I'm so excited for this movie is I know literally nothing about it, even though I've seen like all of the trailers, um, which is such a rare thing nowadays. Cause like every time I walk into like a Marvel movie, I'm like, I saw half this movie in the trailers, probably like 75%, honestly. So walking into a movie, not knowing what's coming is pretty fun. Um, like you said, Jordan Peele, pretty much whatever he releases, I'm going to see it until he releases a bust, which I don't, I hopefully will not happen anytime soon. And I'm also excited to see, Kiki Palmer leading a theatrical film because I yeah. don't think it's ever happened before. And I think she's like one of the most in underrated actresses in Hollywood right now. So sure. Uh, I mean, she did Alice. I don't know. Like I, I, that was earlier this year. I, it wasn't a huge, it wasn't a <laughs> oh, huge Oh, I do remember that. Yes. I've, I've seen the trailer for that. Yeah. I'm just I'm trying to look. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, and scream the TV series and um, big mouth. She plays the voice. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be just slightly lower than you guys. I'm going to go ahead and say rented at home. And I, I totally agree with you guys. Um, I I'm due for a rewatch of get out for like the last five years. I saw it in theaters and I haven't seen it since. And I'm really due for another watch because I remember being very unimpressed with the movie when I saw it in theaters, like I still liked it, but I didn't love it by any means. Um, and I appreciated what the film was doing, but again, I didn't quite love it. And I, I don't know, like, I, but it was one of those I'd saw it like when it was ending its theatrical run. And so this was like the most talked about movie like ever. Right. So like, I, I feel like I'm due for a rewatch. Also, I don't th I don't think I knew going into theater what kind of movie I was going into. Uh, sure. I just knew Jordan Peele made a horror movie. Not no Jordan Peele making Jordan Peele made a psychological thriller that is all about racism and 
and lots of lots of metaphors about <laughs> about pretty much anything on the spectrum of that line. Um, so I'm due for a rewatch of that one. I like Us more than I think most people, at least most people, when it initially came out. Um, I just here's my hang up on this movie. I saw the trailers, um, and it's at every screening for the last like year. <laughs> Ever since the trailers started coming out, it's at every screening for me. And um, I was so interested in that first trailer because I didn't have a clue. But the second trailer shows what we're dealing with. And I'm not going to spoil it here, by the way. So don't worry. But it shows the nature of what we're dealing with. And I am so uninterested in a movie that deals with the nature of what they are dealing with. Um, I, I cannot get myself invested into a this kind of movie Especially what like the, I'm so interested because it's Jordan Peele and kind of yeah you're right until he until he really really craps the bed I have no reason not to trust this movie is going to be great I it's just hard for me to get excited about a this kind of and and I don't think it's a red herring either I think it very clearly is going to be a this kind of movie um, so okay I think it's yeah. I think it's a red herring I think it's something that I think I think there's the potential that it could be revealed that it's not that thing like three quarters of the movie, but I think most of the movie is going to treat it as if it is one of these movies. And it might, might, um, I mean, kind of, kind of like us did right. Where us for the most part, we thought was a like stolen identity kind of movie. And at the last third, you realize, no, this is something much different and weirder and frankly better. Um, (laughs) but, uh, if you, you either get on board with it or you don't. And I was totally on board. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, this one could do that. But I'm so uninterested in all of the things that would be that first junk. Um, I'm still very interested in a, just a stolen identity movie. So um, like like the first portion of us one was. So it might be a red herring, but at least until it's it says it's not, the film is going to treat the film as if it is. Yeah, I think I'm all out of thoughts, but please like don't let me cut you off. I'm purpose- I purposely don't have a lot of thoughts on this movie. Like I'm, I'm trying to go into it as blank as possible. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't done like a lot of self speculation on. It. I'm just excited. Okay. Anything to add, Mike? Nope. Same. Just okay. Excited. Excited to watch it, and uh, just excited to uh, possibly talk about it with with everybody coming up soon. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that this is the Patreon exclusive for uh, the Sip Hop Riders and Patreon next month. So if you want to hear my thoughts on Nope, I will be seeing it um, at some point in the next uh, in the first couple of days that it comes out. And I will be giving my thoughts on it with a Sip Pop Rider. Uh, and uh, we will discuss it exclusively over at Patreon. So if you want to hear my thoughts, you can go over there. Patreon.com slash You at least need to be at the $10 a month tier to get access to that. Um, but that should be live within... A, w- a week of this episode so um that's my pin- that's my pr- plug for patreon um which means now that people have gotten a chance to listen to you and hear hear a couple of your um your movie thoughts and to hear about some of the stuff you've been writing for the website just give a quick plug for where you want to connect people with uh where where you want to give people to a chance to follow you on social media and that kind of stuff jeffrey let's start with you i am at jeffrey Roming on twitter and that's where you will find me sweet mike so i'm at Hilti underscore Mike on Twitter. And then you can also follow my thoughts on Letterboxd and uh, Serialized on at mhilty24. Cool. As a quick reminder, I'll have their Twitter handles in the episode description. If you want to find them, give them a follow. Make sure to do that. Uh, they're good. Fo- they're both great follows, except uh, except I have issued Jeffrey. You tweeted like five hours ago about how every other best picture uh, nominee <laughs> was better than Shape of Water in 2018. And I because like Shape was. of Water. <laughs> I like uh, Shape of Water a lot. Um, like, look, D- Dunkirk, <laughs> Dunkirk could have won and I'd have been happy. 
lots of things could have won and I would have been happy. But like, I really like Shape of Water and I'm tired of people crapping on it. You know, it's, it's, it's just because it won best picture. If it did, if it never won best picture, you know, people would be like, this is an underappreciated gem, but because you're it won. Right. Yeah, you're probably like, right. And, and look, I haven't seen it, but there's no way that Shape of Water is worse than Darkest Hour. Like, like, you know, Dark, I'm sure Darkest Hour is good. <laughs> I'm sure it's good, but, but Shape of Water is genuinely great. Darkest Hour it's, is one of those movies that is only, only I'm, 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 I'll, I'll be honest, it's only good because Gary Oldman is good. And everything around him is not good. That's exactly <laughs> I what like I know. His, but like, I like his performance so much. I do. But like, I, I mean, all of the Michael Shannon stuff in Shape of Water is great. Uh, I really like all of the Sally Hawkins stuff as well. I mean, obviously that's the main thing. And I and I like all of the um, oh crap, what's the actor's name? The guy from um, the dad from Step Brothers. Um, he plays he plays like the the old gay neighbor um, that I think plays the it, piano uh, in Shape of Water. Richard Grant. No, uh, somebody's just screaming right now, and I, I think it's Richard it. something. Uh, Richard, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. There you go. Whoop! Hit the mic. Um, yeah, no, it's and, and like look, three bo- three billboards is also great. I haven't seen Phantom Thread. Lady Bird is high on my watch list. I'm very uninterested in seeing Call Me by Your Name. Um, <laughs> and you mentioned you haven't seen the post. And get, get look, Get Out probably should have won Best Picture. Yeah, let's, let's get so out there. Too. But like, but I really like Shape of Water, and I'm tired of people dunking on it. Like Shape so. of Water is a perfectly fine movie. Oh, <laughs> case oh. it's fine. <laughs> all right. Well, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, uh, so there you go. Make sure you go follow those guys on on Twitter and, and check out their other stuff. Uh, let's move on to talk about some TV. It's it's been long enough. Um, wh- where do we want to start? I know we've got a lot to talk about. Where do we want to start? Jeffrey, do you have a show that you you want to talk about in particular? Yeah, the only things that I've watched pretty recently are Stranger Things, Obi Wan, and uh, Miss Marvel. Um, All right, let's let's start with Miss Marvel, right? Because that okay, just finished cool. airing. Yeah. Fair warning. I've not seen any of it. <laughs> Cool. So, oh, gotcha. okay. So, look, I, I, I've told you I've been busy. Um, so here's here's the deal. You guys got to tell me. It will, we will keep um, we'll keep all the recent shows spoiler free, so we won't talk mm-hmm. spoilers on Stranger Things season four or on uh, uh, Miss Marvel or even on um, even on Obi Wan Kenobi. We can kind of talk around that because, like, you know, like where ultimately things end up. But like, there's a really big moment that like. Maybe we don't. Well, I think I spoiled it last week. Uh, <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi is not really a show you can spoil because it's got prequelitis all yeah, over it. Pre- which yeah, we will exactly. definitely talk about um, anyway. Um, but but like Stranger Things season four, um, we'll talk about the Barry finale a little bit. Um, that's kind of stuff. Don't fear spoilers. We will not give any to you. Um, so all that being in mind, Miss Marvel. This is fun because you guys got to convince me why I need to get on the show ASAP. Uh, I'm because I hear I hear everybody that's watching it loves it. I just I, I haven't gotten around to it. I don't think I'll be the one to convince you to get on it ASAP. I mean, love that confidence. <laughs> love that confidence. <laughs> I think I think it's a, I think it's a worthy watch. You know, before the Marvels come out comes out the movie, you might want to mm-hmm. uh, you know catch up on that hero before you go into the movie. I liked it. Um, I think it very swiftly fell apart in the last two episodes, and that Oof. was not fun. Because it was so good, and then it was just kind of like... Oh, so it's right. every other Marvel show? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that keeps happening. With but... the exception of Loki, but... Yeah, I mean, and even Loki's final episode was... And Hawkeye. I like the finale of Hawkeye. I like the finale of Hawkeye. I just didn't like 
where they went with some of the characters. But like, sure, sure, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, um, it was it was fun. It kind of reminded me of like a more grown up version of like a Disney Channel movie, which I say that in a good way because I grew up with Disney Channel movies. Um, but then you know it 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 leaned a little bit too much into the Disney Channel movie thing at the end, and it got kind of kind of uh, bad. <laughs> But okay. overall, I think it was still a fun watch. Okay. All right. Mike, are you so, going to be the one to convince me that I need to put this on tonight with my wife? Not with those expectations, no. But um, here's – so here's – here, here's the pitch. So um, the main reason to watch the show is is the lead. I think her name is Iman Balani. She is fantastic. And for all the people who were, you know, kind of crapping on her, like origin, like even before they even saw a frame, you know, of this or anything like that, saying that she's going to be terrible or anything like that, um, she's great. And I think that she's. Go- I'm hoping at least, that she's going to be a big staple moving forward in the MCU. Because she was she's she's charming, she's she's powerful, and I think the thing that um I think the MCU has kind of been lacking a little bit that I think um that uh Iman Vellani kind of brings to the table is that she's a little bit more relatable as opposed mm-hmm. to all these other like billionaire tech genius playboy philanthropists that mm-hmm. we kind of are accustomed to because um she's just she's a regular, she's a regular person. And, um, I, I really like that. I liked a lot of the, you know, her, her surrounding her family and her interaction with her family is, is great as well. Um, I, I agree with Jeffrey. It does go a little Disney channel at times, but, Mm. um, she's got very teenage problems and that's, you know, it's kind of nice. Like it kind of reminds me a little bit of the earlier Spider-Man, um, the Tom Holland Spider-Man's where he had high school problems and then very, very quickly, he didn't because he became, you know, engrossed with the with the Avengers. So mm. I, I like that. Um, I'm going to push back a little on the, the fifth episode. I thought the fifth episode was was great. Um, like it, it was just kind of different because mm. it kind of just explores a little bit of not definitely not to the, the same extent, but like a good comp that I, I heard about it was that um, the events of that fifth episode um, kind of shed light on an event kind of similar to how um, the first episode of Watchmen kind of shed light a little bit on the uh, the Tulsa riots as well. Okay. So I, I did appreciate that. Um, there is something that is said at the end of the sixth episode that um, I'm not exactly sure where the MC or where they're planning on taking that because it kind of deviates a little bit from what she is. And I'm very confused and a little intrigued but more confused about that so um that is my half-hearted attempt to try to convince you to watch this tonight if anything um you know yeah yeah it's it's definitely it's it's a great show i i liked it a lot um it was just it just felt different uh compared to a lot of the other the other marvel stuff and uh, jeffrey's right it does kind of fall apart a little at the end it's a little formulaic but yeah okay but yeah, and to his point, I will say the family stuff is definitely the best stuff in the show. I liked all all of that. It was really because great. for um for for her, um she's she's a teenager and you know she's struggling with you know overprotective parents and she's you know and both parents they have they have moments with her throughout the course of the show that makes you that it just warms your heart and it's mm. like oh that's that's awesome um 
like particularly the conversation that um, her and her dad have at the um, at uh, the final episode, and um, something that her her mom gives her in that final episode too. Both of those moments were like, this is why I love this family. All right, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Um, but me and my wife are just behind on everything. Um, we still haven't seen Moon Knight yet, which we'll for sure get around. Which and I think I think she's told me she doesn't care, so I'll watch it by myself. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, because I, because from my understanding, there is no larger impact on the MCU and my wife doesn't care about Moon Knight. Like <laughs> the only thing she cares about is Oscar Isaac, but it's not enough to, for her to say, especially since we're behind so many things. Um, so. this, this one, like with the exception of her, like, uh, Kamala Khan being a huge Avengers fan, this is semi standalone. As, well, but it will, well. but it will bleed into the Marvels and like, yeah, yeah, and and probably they will have like she would be part of whenever they assemble the new Avengers, yeah. or is she part of Thunderbirds? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. Anyway, she's, she she will be a part of the future of the MCU. So this feels like a important show, kind of like the way that Hawkeye did. Um, and we'll see. I don't know because it felt important when it aired, and now I mean I know Echo's coming out, and they just announced two cast members that were cameos and echo that will well one of them was a small daredevil and uh and kingpin <laughs> are in echo. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's old enough um yeah. so they're, they're gonna appear in echo so um we'll see where kate bishop kate bishop um okay um by the way i meant to get i meant to ask you guys guys this question first um uh but but since you brought up Watchmen, which is my favorite show of all time what are your guys's favorite shows of all time it should be game of thrones I want it to be Game of Thrones. I wish it was Game of Thrones. Um, as it stands, it's probably Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, nice, good pull. Yeah. I, I I hear didn't the didn't the new House of Dragon like stills drop or did a trailer drop or something? Trailer trailer yeah. drops. I haven't. I heard it, it. I heard it was actually really cool, and the people are like, "Should I get excited about it? I don't know. I don't have any. Tr- I have trust issues right now. Like, yeah, yeah. Nice. What about you, Mike? Uh, so some of my favorite shows, my favorite show of all time is The Americans. Uh, it's nice. border, borderline underrated now. Yes. And for all, all of the seasons to be as good good as it is, um, you know, I, I appreciated that. Plus also, that was, you know, I think The Americans got on the 80s bandwagon before a lot of other shows mm-hmm. did. But so. it does it in a way that's not in your face about it. Like, like Stranger Things is kind of in your face about it. And like, that's okay. But The Americans is is not at all and has like a top five series finale of all time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Others, uh, you know, two of my other favorite shows. I'm, I I really like Veronica Mars. (laughs) Okay. There's something, there's something about Veronica Mars that I, I love. I even donated to the Patreon that, you know, contributed to the the movie. It's it's Kristen Bell, the thing that you love. Uh. Of course. it's, (laughs) It's true. And speaking of Kristen Bell, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the good place as well i do i do love the good place and just what it what it has to say about um you know just the nature of being good and what it takes to be Mm -hmm. a good person um you know i i've it it lost a little bit of steam in the middle seasons but that last season particularly the the season finale um or the series finale Mm -hmm. i really liked it um in considering just the message that it says that the only reason why some things are good is because they don't last. And mm. that was something that really resonated with me. And I, I really appreciate it. Plus I love that cast as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some, uh, William Jackson Harper, like fan cast for fantastic four. Yes. He's, 
He could play anybody. I'll let him play the Invisible Woman. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> no, I think he'd be like a really great Mr. Fantastic. Or um, yeah, I, I, I did my fan, fan casting on Twitter, like in a retweet, and I, I tried to be original, like not cast people that I'd saw. Anyway, go check out my Twitter if you want to see that. Um, very cool. Okay, so we talked about Miss um, Marvel. Um, guys, I, I know that I'm like Westworld's biggest supporter. I haven't seen this season yet. So like, I know we're only like three episodes in, I'm going to get around to it very soon, but I don't like to watch more than one thing at a time. And, uh, um, I I will get around to it very soon. I just got to finish stranger things first. So I really wish I could have had some Westworld thoughts and I just, I don't, but I'm so excited for this new season. Are are, are either of you guys watching it? It's, it's on the queue. I'm, I'm very curious about it. Have you seen any of it? Yeah, I've, I'm caught up on it. Season one is okay. season one's great. The other season seasons one is are maybe my favorite singular season of TV ever. The the other seasons, um, they're yeah, they're they're something. But I, I really like season three. Season two is 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 borderline terrible. Um, but season three is is really good. So yeah. I'm I'm curious to see where where this goes from here. I just haven't gotten around to to it. There's there's a lot of stuff on as as I'm sure we're gonna discuss, but yeah, that's it's it's on the queue. Ooh, okay. Um so anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the out of the uh out of the way. Um I guess let's also get this out of the way. I um will at some point soon catch the new season of The Boys, um, which I, I think just ended. Um are either just of you guys watching that? I have been meaning to start that forever and just have like not. me meaning to start the show as a whole? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yep. I I'm caught up. I finished the this most recent season. It's I like this season. I'm starting to get a little concerned um with the direction of the show cuz I'm kind of at that point where it's like, look, guys, we get it. Heroes are bad. Can we move on. Can we move on from this? Um the finale was was interesting. I'm very curious to see where the direction uh, was going from this. Um the other thing too for me uh, for from this season, um, two two things. Um, like the first one was that the um, the violence and gore is starting to get to me a little bit. It's starting mm. to get to be a little too much. Because um, yes. and I I knew this immediately from the first ten minutes of this season because I was watching it. It was like eleven thirty at night, just catching up on on some TV and uh, the part where the tiny man you know makes his leap uh, and then he sneezes. And then something else happens, and then I turned it off because I'm like, I am not mentally prepared for this right now. So, um, but it's it still continues to be super violent, super gory. Um, and I guess the other thing too is that I'm curious to see where we go with Homelander after this season because we have, you know, a, a Homelander that was a little, you know, a little wounded from his reputation after after the events of season two mm-hmm. and this season um, we kind of see a Homelander that's kind of a little a, more unhinged than he normally has been. So to see where he was at the beginning of the season to where he ends up and the possible future uh, of him moving forward. Um, I'm very curious to see where it goes and I'm not sure how interested I'm going to be because it's, it's again, one of those things like, Hey, we get it. Homelander or we, we get it. These heroes are all not great people. It's kind of the same thing with Homelander. It's like, we get it. He's not a, 
not a great guy. What else can we what else can we talk about with this? Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy this season more than season two. Um, but I'm a little concerned about where we're moving um, after the events of this season. Okay. Um, I want to try to find a show we've all seen. Now we could talk. Uh, so let's do Obi Wan Kenobi. Why not? We got to get around there sometime. When we recorded this last month, there were four episodes out, but I had only seen two of them. I finished the show with my wife. Um, we've all seen it. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you guys think? I, I'm I'm actually gonna pivot to you. What? Because you gave your thoughts on first two episodes before, mm. and you appeared to like them. So, what do you think of the rest of it? I like the show. I really like the 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 stuff with uh, Obi Wan and Anakin specifically, especially um, just him realizing that Anakin is alive, um, and then later with the um, the, the moment um, with the uh, you know, you didn't kill me. I killed Anakin um, is, is devastating, awesome. devastating. Um, but I feel so conflicted because I, I also, it, it just kind of brought it a logic thing to, into me. Cause then he's Obi-Wan's like, I can't kill you. You're my, you're Anakin. You're my friend. He's like, I killed Anakin. It's like, well, he's, he's saying he's not Anakin anymore. You've re- and you yourself has, have acknowledged that. Why can't you just kill him? Like this would solve so many problems, but, um, but like there was definitely that, that line of, like leap of logic, but obviously you can't do it because it would break canon. Because Anakin has to live to kill Obi Wan in in A New Hope, and he has to be around to be awesome in Rogue One. It just I like Ewan McGregor. I definitely want more of him. I liked Hayden Christensen. I would really like to, more of him. I think they said he's gonna come in the Ahsoka show, um, mm-hmm. which which would be cool. So I like that he's like back in for the role um, as as much as they can. Um, the whole thing just feels unnecessary, um, and I loved the the like. I think she's the the ninth sister. Um, like I loved the the inclusion of the Inquisitors, um, especially because they were my favorite part of the the Jedi Followed Order game. Um, but like her arc was, you you saw it coming from a while away, and yeah, I agree. Was fairly unsatisfying by the end of it, but I really liked the actor actress that played her. Um, the whole series just feels unnecessary, although I liked it. Like I had a good time. I was entertained. It had some really good moments. I just. I want a season two, but if if the season two comes, I want it to be better. Like, and I want it to yeah. feel like it means more. And of course, Ewan McGregor says hello there, so I'm very happy. <laughs> that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, I feel like I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. It also felt like something that was made out of obligation rather than somebody had mm. like a take on Obi Wan's story. And uh, I I think it honestly it should have just been a movie, which is my hot take with almost every close to almost all Disney plus shows at this point. It's just like, you didn't have, it feels like they had a movie and they're like, how can we stretch this in the six episodes? And it's like, Oh gosh. Or, or how do we not give this a super big budget? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It suffers a bad case of prequelitis and I, man, I wanted to like it more than I did. And I thought based off the fir- off those first two episodes, I was liking it more than everybody did. It's, it still doesn't mean I loved it. Like those- I will watch the season two. Absolutely. Those, I just hope it's better. Those middle episodes are not not great, and no. those those final two episodes, the best part of, parts of it were Anakin and Obi Wan. Um, yes, that's even, what the, that's what the show should have always been. Right. Um. And again, with if if this would have been a movie, kind of like what Jeffrey was saying, we remove some of these other mm-hmm. plot points that were just put in there. What felt like for fan service. Um. That's it. Um. But. But yeah, I I enjoyed all the Anakin and um, Obi Wan stuff. Uh, if they would have kept it to that, and if they would have even knocked out an episode or two, um, 
I would have been perfectly fine with that. And my my hope of this though is that is that with everybody looking back at um, Un McGregor and uh, Hayden Christensen, that they see that maybe the prequels aren't the abject train wreck that everyone thinks that they are, and they've got actually some great performances. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily their fault that they weren't as well received. It's maybe you know fan expectations. Uh, getting, and George Lucas. And George Lucas and his hideous dialogue um, and everything like that. But the the prequels, they do have some some great moments. Mm-hmm. And um, the, these two actors are, are a huge part of it. Okay. Are you guys watching season – like, are you guys excited for – if they, like, I don't think they've confirmed, but I think they've said they're open to the idea of a season two – um like i like i don't like they definitely don't leave any loose threads but like yeah yeah they definitely have alluded to like we might make a season two would you would you guys be excited about a season two (laughs) not really like no right i feel like if somebody really had a take on like if somebody really was like i have a cool story to tell with obi-wan then totally but i just don't think that's the case but like it's just like disney's just kind of like hey we need a season well, there two are cool stories to tell of obi-wan they're just yeah. in clone wars and rebels <laughs> <laughs> so i i guess the only the only way that i would have been excited about season a possibly possible season two so there's a cameo at the end of the sixth episode yes um mm. that i you know all of us were were hoping that it would be a thing but um you know I, I thought it was going to be more than just just a hey hello how are you? Um, I was too. hoping that it would. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, that's right. I was hoping that it would matter a little bit. <laughs> and um, if if there is if season two revolves around those two, then I could get semi excited for it. But again, then the problem because becomes is this even necessary? Because you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to do an odd couple style, you know, hey, these two are living in the desert and all that stuff? No, we're, if we can explore more about the force or if we can explore more about, you know, how that's even possible or anything like that, I I, I, I think, may be able to get on board with that, but I think there's a really it. interesting season two story where there is no external conflict. There is no anything having to do with the Empire, but it's Obi-Wan with the character that he's with at the end of the first season. And it's essentially the, the Yoda Dagobah sequence from Empire Strikes Back, except on a much more advanced level. Like something that bridges from where we leave Obi-Wan in in the end of Revenge of the Sith and uh, and that and kind of bridges the gap to like for, for the way that he treats Luke in, in the beginning, because he's he's seemingly like he's always been a very wise person. But like to hear more about. All right, look. The the cameo that we're referring to is the Qui Gon Jinn one, and um, okay, I wasn't gonna say anything. No, about that, I, but but it's, but, it's but I need to say for my point, and yeah. yeah, um, so that's the one we're referring to, and so I I, I think there's a really good like understanding of or Obi Wan more understanding why Qui Gon did what he did, like sacrificed himself to save Anakin mm-hmm. uh, or to 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 keep Anakin, I guess. Um, or to, to train him or whatever to, to, to more help bridge the gap of why Obi-Wan chooses to sacrifice himself in a new hope because of what he sees in Luke, like because Luke is the chosen one. And subsequently, like kind of how there, there could be a really interesting parallel to the way that Luke feels in the sequel trilogy and how Obi-Wan could feel the same way, which is, very parallel to the way that Ahsoka feels at the end of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's a really interesting extended, um, extensive, advanced Dagobah sequence between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon as a season two. No conflict, just just stuff for nerds like me. <laughs> not not stuff for, for people like my wife that are like, I don't care, show me the pew pews and the and the and the laser swords, but the stuff that I would just eat up. It would be it would be a good character study at the end yes. of the day. And that's why that's why I love this or that's why I did like the show was because of, of the characters overall. You know, yeah, and the flashback good. sequence was great too with Anakin and Obi-Wan, like in their training thing. That was awesome. That was that was great. That was that was great. It gave important context, and mm-hmm. I just I just really appreciated it. And um, I you know I even liked the just the opening scene from uh, from the first episode where there, you're seeing the you know the execution of Order sixty six. Yeah. I thought I thought that that part was was really cool. Um, just a nice way to just be like, oh yeah, this this is where where we're at right now. I, yeah. I remember this, and this was devastating when I saw this back in Durs. Yep. All right. Um, let's get it out of the way. Let's talk Stranger Things. Um, you guys are all watching it, yeah? Yep. Yeah. I'm finished. Have you guys finished the new season? I have. I, I finished okay. the the nearly four hours of these final two episodes. Yeah, it I was, fought my way through them this entire that was season. A, <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting choice, but I get it, yes. Yeah, the last episode I watched was, I think, four and it's okay. the one where I don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything from the season because uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say Mike goes back to Hawkins. Well, I guess it is. Mike goes back to Hawkins. Will goes back to Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like that. The, the crew that moved out to California is coming back to Hawkins. Right, like, goes back. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not a spoiler because like we all knew like they're not leaving Hawkins behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like they had started a journey the episode before. And they had figured out something along the way. Mm. Um, so that's, they're not quite back yet. Um, and they're about to do something um, is, is where I'm at. A lot, of, a lot of things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I know. I'm trying to be vague uh, for people that haven't seen it. Um, that, that, that care. Cause I'm trying to be conscious of not ruining uh, your experience. Um, but yes, I, that's, that's the point where I'm at. Um, so yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of any other like big things that happened. There, w- there was a main character that um, almost died, but it was not the last episode. So okay. it was like two episodes for me. So that's kind of for context wise where I'm at. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know where the rest of the season's going. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm not in love with it. I don't think it justifies its runtime. Oh, um, definitely not. no episode of TV needs to be as long as some of the episodes of Stranger Things season four, like ever. I just don't right. think it's ever justified. Well, and I'm really interested to see. I mean, I definitely, from my understanding, the end of this season cl- is clearly setting up a like. Obvi- we know season five is the last one, so they're saying they're very clearly setting up like a big epic finale, um, like a, a truly epic, putting all the pieces there for you to go. Like, I don't care about so far. I don't care about any of the Hopper stuff in this season. Um, And, and I, I don't care about the L I don't like L in this season. Um, So far. I don't know if that changes. How? Well, okay. Okay. Given where you're at. Yeah. That, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, cause there's an episode where she's entirely unlikable and then, but, but there's one more, there's one person that's more unlikable throughout the first couple episodes and then she gets her comeuppance and i was like let's go <laughs> that was awesome but freaking dangerous um, 
so uh yeah so that was um that was a fun moment um so that I, that I was like, yes, I shouldn't root for this to happen, but I definitely am. <laughs> and, uh, and it feels justified. Um, so anyway, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't care about Elle too much yet. I mean, I think, I think I will. I don't, I don't know. I mean, she feels lost and that like, that's the point, but I don't care because she's been lost. Um, so yeah. I, um, I definitely don't really care about the Hopper stuff too much. Um, and it, it almost makes you wonder if, if the plan was in the season three finale to kill Hopper, like just straight up kill him instead of was. do what they did. And then they and realized the, out, the outrage was too, too they realized much. people love Hopper too much, especially after that season two, like dancing gift that we got that everybody loved. <laughs> um, you know, I think they just realized like, no, Hopper is too likable and we got to have likable adults here. So, um, you know, and people don't really like, the Winona Ryder character is like fine, but the, the, you can't rely on her. The season can't rely on her. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And Will Will is kind of annoying, and I, I don't I don't understand why Dustin and Steve all of a sudden have a problem with each other because they had such a bond that I really loved in season three. Like, I, I'm I'm really liking season four. It's not yet my favorite season. Um, I still think it's three one four two. Because um, I really top. liked three. three. I really like three, three above one. Hey, okay. hey! I said that's what I said. So whoa, 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 whoa! That—that's not <laughs> me saying three over one is wrong. I'm just saying three over one is a choice, and you are free to make whatever choice <laughs> no, that's okay. you look, you I, want. Look, and it's close, but there's uh, something. Three takes itself a little less seriously than one did. So one is definitely better storytelling, but I love the tone that three is. I love the, when they realize that Steve and Dustin are a perfect pair. And then, the, and then they did the, the never ending story thing. Uh, it was, it was perfect. That was great. Um, so, so yeah, three over one for me um, by a hair. Uh, and then, and then four, and, but I'm, I'm also hearing like a fan theory that, that um, Vecna was the one that captured Will in season one. And I think that would be a really interesting I don't know if that's like a confirmed or or like so I have no idea. I've just heard a, a theory. Uh keep keep trucking through uh cuz okay. you'll they'll they'll explore stuff with that maybe okay. not that exactly but they'll explore. I don't yeah, I don't know what like with theories uh, that I might hear or, or talk about like are actually, you know, like spoilers for some people or like you're like, "Oh, he's an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're all good. You're all good. So with with this season, um uh, you're right. I did not care about the the Hopper stuff. You know, just even just the whole thing with the Soviet Union. I'm just well, and it's I'm, so I'm, prolonged. I mean, I'm halfway through the first the first part of the season, and it's like it feels like this should have been resolved. This was almost resolved two or three times now, and it's not. Like, yeah. move on. Um, if that is your pervasive thought, um, just wait, and um, okay. I'll be curious to see what what you think because well the episodes are such an undertaking like they're mostly like hour 20 minutes and i'm like i gotta go to work in an hour like final you know, episodes to, the final episodes two and a half hours long two and um, a half so hours long stranger things the movie stranger things the theatrical experience yeah. <laughs> um i not so not only did i not care as much about the the hopper storyline i i could care less about what was going on and everything in california like I really yeah. could care less. Um, no, but and, I like the I like the, the 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 token high character that works in a pizza shop. I like him. Yes. Yeah. 
It's the yeah. most like eighties. <laughs> it's like we need one high character. He's a he's an interesting guy, but like the core of the show, they they just needed to focus more on this group and Hawkins because yeah. all that storyline was by far the strongest. Those characters yeah. are by far the strongest. Yes. Um, you continue to see, you know, the the evolution of a lot of these these characters. I'm I'm somebody that I really liked Eddie as as a character. Um, mm-hmm. First, the first half uh, of this of this season, uh, Eddie was kind of just you know just guy wrong place wrong time, and you don't really know a whole lot about it. And then by the end of it, he's I think him and a couple other people. He's my season four MVP. Like, that's I really what I keep hearing. I'm excited to see that because I'm. I'm almost at the turn uh, of yeah. of when he's going to stop being wrong place, wrong time, and be the Eddie that I've been hearing about for the last month. But I mean, he, I liked him in the pilot; he was a lot of fun. He, he, him in the in the final episode, he's he's fantastic. He has some of the best moments uh, in that final episode. Um, you know, just not not to give anything away, but he has a moment where he's um, with him and the song "Master of Puppets" by Metallica, and it's. Yeah. Look, I gotta say this too about people. Quit spoiling crap. Like, look, I realize it's not a spoiler to show Eddie playing Master of Puppets, but like, it is. Like, I realize you're not actually spoiling anything that's going on, but you are ruining a moment for me because I've seen it on TikTok a couple times, or or like I've seen it on on Facebook or whatever. I'm like, guys, I, and I realize, yes, it's immediately available, and and for that reason, you know, you shouldn't necessarily have to worry about like, but you do. We have schedules. Like I, I, there is only a certain amount of time in my day. Like mm-hmm. I, I realize, you know, and I'm, I'm not, luckily I don't follow people on, on Twitter. Like luckily none of, none of our Civ pop writers are bad about this stuff. I'm not talking directly to you guys. I'm just saying like the like, moments are spoilers. Like even if they're yeah. not like, Oh, somebody died here. It's like, mm-hmm. anyway. You yeah. can't all watch okay. things at uh, 12 AM the moment they drop, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wish I could. Mm-hmm. It's just the the way that this the season ended. I'm just I'm curious to see where where this season season ends. It just it's just everybody's left in a very precarious position, and um, just after the events, um, everyone's in a lot of danger. And it's just it, it has been building up to this, and it's just something that I'm extremely curious if they're going to be able to to pull this off because they've left a they've left open potentially a really great story or this could be something that could be even borderline silly and Mm. i'm um so i'm i'm curious about that i'm i'm curious to see what happens to some of the characters after some of the decisions that were made um so i'm curious to see what happens there um because they're gonna have lasting effects and i'm not sure if i necessarily agree with some of these decisions uh, in particular, so I'm just curious. I'm just curious to see what's going to happen moving forward from here because there were a lot of there were a lot of really cool moments, and there were a lot of moments that um, I was scratching my head a little bit as to why did this let have me, to go down like this. I, let me let me grab about one more thing, um, and then I'll stop. Um, one of one of my favorite surprises of season three was the introduction of Robin, and I really liked her in season three. And I don't care for her much yet. She's entirely defined by her fantastical, like not fantastical, it's fantastical in her mind, by her um, inability to tell the girl that she likes, that she likes her. Um, and that's so far her only defining character trait. And it's like, you were already a developed character. 
Like, and I was yeah. excited to see more of you. And I really like like the stuff between her and Steve, like as they're working at family video and stuff, I think they have a good repertoire. And I like the, even the contrast about she knows what she wants, but she doesn't have the confidence to get it. And Steve doesn't know what he wants, but he has all the confidence in the world. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. a, if only one of, you know, like Robin points out, if only one of them, if, the, if only they could combine the two of them, they'd be set. It's like, I, I like it. I think they work together. I just, she feels entirely unnecessary so far. And yeah, I think that's the problem. There was very underdeveloped. There was a role for her in season three that like, yes. once they brought everybody together in season four, kind of got lost. I, I so hope it changes because I really like her and I, yes, I, I really like her as a character. I, I thought she fit in perfectly, perfectly fine in season three and she feels like an odd man out in season four. Like if she yeah. feels like the writers don't know what to do with her. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a couple characters like that in this season and it's because the cast is too big. No, there's yes. just yeah. too many, there's too many of them and, um you know, and there's too many, there's just the, the callbacks to some of the people from past seasons. It's like, do do we really need to rehash some of this some of this stuff i let's just focus on some of you know just giving giving more moments to certain people and do we need to like with the exception of like eddie i would say um do we need to introduce all these other characters that well because you've got (laughs) you've got the you've got the four kids uh like the four main kids and you've got steve mike oh steve nancy and um Jonathan. Will's older brother, Jonathan. yeah, Jonathan. Uh, like that's kind of, and then and then we've we've also added Robin from last year, uh, and then you can throw in Hopper and Winona Ryder. Um, like that's like our main core cast. I mean, there's also um, the younger sister of uh, what's his name, Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Lucas's younger sister was introduced in season three. Uh, maybe she had like a small role. In season, she came out in a big way in season three that I liked. Like. That's already a lot of people, but then you throw in Eddie, and then you throw in all the like jocks uh, that oh. Lucas is hanging around with. Jocks. Um, I was so tired of the jocks very quickly. <laughs> and, and, so and, and Lucas's younger sister gets a bigger role, which I you know I've I've liked her so far. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and um, and I've liked what, I've liked what they've been doing with Max so far. Um, I re- just I'll I'll say that um, I've really liked what they're doing with her and using that Kate Bush song um, to kind of emphasize where she's at. I think it's great, but like you're right. By the time you bring in all these characters, you're, it's too much to play around with, and they're they're kind of losing it. Oh, and we have the um the bald the bald guy with the beard that's all the like the KGB expert that I really like Murray uh, yeah, Murray. Murray. I really like Murray. I, I, I mostly like him from season three. Um, yeah, I like Murray, but I, every every time he was on screen in this one, I was like, "Do you need to be here?" Like no, he, in no four, he does not. Not I'm even like, a little bit. Do you bit. need to be here? Come on. And and then because we have the introduction of Hopper, then we also have the the like prison guard guy. There's like a whole knows, yeah. The Hopper thing for me just feels like a whole another series. Like they're trying to make a series about Russian prison break. <laughs> I'm just like not interested. <laughs> Russian prison break. I'm not interested in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm done complaining. I'm done griping. <laughs> I'm done saying things about season four. I, I'm excited to finish it. Like I just, I need to to dedicate the time. Yeah, block off your entire evening for for, <laughs> for well, just watching it and then processing it. It's also one of those that like my wife doesn't watch and has no desire to watch. So like, it's not one of like I, I'm exclusively limited to watching this either if she's at work and I'm not, or after she goes to bed. So like. It's not like like we could watch Obi Wan Kenobi because we could do it when we're both home. You know, so I'm I'm got much more limited hours to watch Stranger Things, especially when there's such large time chunks. Anyway, yeah. Um. Okay. Um. 
Uh, Mike, I gotta know. Um, I, I mentioned last month uh, that I was watching the offer, and I wrote the review for SifPop.com. Did you like the offer? I did. I thought it was a little long, so I agreed with you in in that respect. Um, the performances were great. It does suffer a little bit from you know, kind of similar to the Obi Wan thing. It's like it's massive prequelitis. Oh, like, oh no. It, is the Godfather not going to be made? We'll see. Like, oh right. no, it just. Or is the just... Godfather not going to have its Sicily sequence? <laughs> like, which is a big point of contention for right. the second half of the season. Um, but are they not going to get Al Pacino to play Michael Carleone? Oh no, whatever. Is, are they Francis, gonna do? is Francis Ford Coppola at risk of possibly getting fired from from directing the Godfather? Oh no, we'll see. Um, the thing I I loved. Two things in particular about this. I thought the performances across the board were were great, and I kind of stand made, out. Uh, yeah, Matthew Good. Yes, with, without a doubt. So, with, I want him to win an Emmy so bad, or at least get nominated. He was so good. Play. Uh, he, he plays. Oh God, the the like studio head of Paramount okay, Pictures. Okay, okay. Uh, so you haven't seen this, have you? Mm-hmm. So um, I actually noted this because I, I wrote this big long tweet about um, my Emmy thoughts, and one of the things that I was confused slash upset about is that the offer didn't get any major nominations and i'm too new i'm assuming that it's because of cutoff um but i think shows have to wrap by a certain point but if that's the case then under the banner of heaven got a nomination for andrew garfield but the offer didn't i think well the offer w- was like ended a few weeks after under the Bane of Hever. so so i think it's the season has to wrap like and like it has to air like the finale has to air i so i did i did read about this um may 31st was the cutoff and under the banner of heaven did not that did not no. end so i'm just confused all around and the offer i think premiered like the same week yeah so i'm i'm assuming probably one of two things one is that um that eligibility issues became a thing or mm-hmm. maybe the the other more logical thing is that paramount plus does not know what to do with their tv content so yeah, probably. so probably. there's that um so i i thought he was great i i really liked juno temple um you you're right yeah. she is playing a similar character as she was in ted lasso but i think it's a little bit more elevated here because it's the 70s and women maybe were not taken as seriously, especially in Hollywood. So for the relationship that her and um, Miles Teller have, I was a little concerned that it would just, you know, it would cross a line and it never did. And I was happy to see that. Um, and also, I just loved the, the other thing that I loved about this, other than the performances, I loved seeing just how how a movie gets made and just what exactly a producer does you know he they win the oscar but they have to deal with a whole lot of other crap uh in the middle of that so just it's like watching like it's just yep this is how the sausage gets made it's not exactly always pretty but this is how it gets made and i i really liked it a lot i think the finale is entirely unnecessary do you agree the yes the the final because we get it we get it it becomes this critical success, box office success, and Oscars success. We already know that. It it could have just ended with the the final shot of the of the what ninth episode where where yes. they're doing the screening. The film and, wraps at, at the this this the Italian Union. Yep, I, that was I think, perfect. 
I think it would have been great, and you just get some text about, you know, the Godfather goes on to go blah, blah, blah. But if, you, if you're subscribing to Paramount+, Plus, you probably understand that the right. Godfather is one of their most, most successful. Well, and the only, the only real purpose that Episode 10 served for me was understanding why Al Ruddy didn't produce the Godfather Part 2 or 3. And, and then understand, and then something I didn't even know, but then why Bob Evans gets back into producing and studio head, which is irrelevant. Yep. Um, so anyway, it, I, I liked it. it the perfect month. ending was the epi- end of episode nine. That's why I remember. Like I was recording this last month and I was like, I, I feel like I've seen the show. Like, I don't know what the finale is going to do so anyway. Yeah. It's among one of Paramount Plus's probably best original offer. It's really good. Well, the quality is really good. Um, you know, Miles Teller is having one of those one of those great recurrent year. years. Yeah, he's, he's having, having a great year. year. Good for him mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, he deserves it. I mean, um, okay. I was just curious if you liked it because I feel like there wasn't there aren't a lot of people seeing this, and I know Nick watched uh, watched it after after last month's episode. Like he 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 at least started it because I was like, I feel like I'm the only one watching this show because it's on Paramount Plus and I'm really liking it. So I like, I would recommend it. So I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one just watching it and the only one, or not just the only one liking it. It's really highly rated on IMDb though. It's it's, it's like one of the like 50th rated, highest rated TV show of all time. It's nowhere that's near that. That's way, that's way too high. And yeah. that's setting unrealistic expectations. It's yeah. good. It's, it's good. It's Paramount Plus is, it's among one of their best, but it's, should not be that high up there yeah maybe it's that high because there's nothing else gonna bless that's probably fact. that's fact. probably or you know it's connected with the godfather you know and, oh yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. oh yeah i heard i heard that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> okay um all right i want to do i want to do this one last last real quick too jeffrey are you watching barry i'm going to I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, I, just last time we recorded, the finale was airing as we were recording. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, so there's, such there's a, a bad. T- that's a bad time to to record. Oh. Look, Barry, Barry, and Ted Lasso are the two best shows currently on TV, undoubtedly. Um, and 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 both Barry and Ted Lasso get better every episode. Um, this finale, I think the finale, was, I think the finale, finale of Barry so good was incredible. I'm so excited to see. I I know it was renewed for a season four because three and four was renewed together. Um, or or four was yeah, no, three and four were renewed together. I'm curious if four is going to be the final season or if or if it's going to get renewed for another season before. Um, it feels like they're getting close to wrapping up a story, but I don't. I don't want it. Like same with Ted Lasso. Like I don't want the new season to be the last one. I'm like I'm torn because like end your show when you want to, but also like why are we ending all the good shows? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, now, this this final episode had so many so many great moments. A lot of uh, a lot of characters just a lot of stuff happens to a lot of characters, and it's just given given everything that happened in season three. Um, for it to end like that, um, I was on the edge of my seat the the whole yeah. the whole episode. Um, yeah, there's because tra- I'm trying to trying to dance around spoilers and just because this that's not one that needs to be ruined because it's so good, especially if you if you've watched all of it um, to see where everyone's at at the end of season three. It's like oh wow, this is this is something. This is something. So um, like I'm. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with Sally 
moving moving forward after what happened with her and um just what happens to barry at the end of um the end of the episode that's yeah i'm i i was i was blown away by that and i think you you had asked a question and or someone had asked a question in, in the spoiler chat about you know barry's motivations for going going inside the house and i was just yes. i was like i don't know that's that's a great question it's a great question and one is probably going to be debated until you know, the beginning of season four when we have some semblance of what's going to happen next. Yeah, Barry's the best show on TV. Um, e- e- currently airing, either that or Ted Lasso. One of two. No other competition. And I loved Under the Banner of Heaven too. But it's that, this is in a league of its own. Under the Banner of Heaven is different because it's it's a miniseries. So yeah. whereas these are, you know, these are these are established shows already. They're They're both really great and... Great characters, great storytelling. What? Okay, um, two things. Bill Hader needs to do a horror something next. I want him to take the Jordan Peele route because he's he's doing that in Barry, and it's incredible. Um, Mike, I've been asking everybody that's been on the show since Barry, while Barry's been airing, how do you want this show to end? Like, it's conflicting. Um, so truth be told, how I thought the show was going to end is what happened at the end of this at the end of the season. Okay. So now, now I'm completely thrown off, and I'm like, "What do we do from here?" Because, well, there's plenty of stuff that you can do from there. They're gonna figure it out, but I, you know, because we've we've had a lot of close calls with with everything, and I, I just, I wasn't sure that they were actually going to go through with what happens at the end of season three for Barry, and that's how I thought the show was gonna end. But they did it now, and um. So I don't know how I want the the show to end. I don't want it to end after next season because, like, I kind of agree with you. I think that's kind of the trajectory that we're going here is that this feels – this felt a little bit more like a penultimate season versus – I mean, season two did too, but this feels more. Yeah, this feels more so than that because um, – but, yeah, I I don't know. What what about you? What do you – what are you looking for for, I, for this? I have no idea. Um, I talked about it two two months ago, and I have not changed my thoughts. Um, I'm so conflicted. Um, I think so. I want justice, but I also don't like. But Barry's also. I want justice because justice should be had. But I also want Barry to not face the entirety of it. So I think maybe I want Fuchs to receive the biggest penalty, and Barry to receive maybe rehab or. Or therapy, like as at, you know, in a, at minimum leniency for yes, or the maybe for the desire to want to rehabilitate, which is change. which is crazy because at the end of the first season you're like, oh, this is a comedy, and yeah, it's it, there's all this convenient thing where everybody can just connect everything to the Chechnyans and we don't have to worry about anything, and yeah, we like that Barry got off scot free, but like you can't let him at this point, like. There needs to be some sort of justice, but like I don't want ba- I don't want Barry to be killed in the last episode, or no. I don't want Barry to just get arrested and that's the end of the episode or anything. I just I don't I, or end of the show. I don't know. Um, I I I don't know. But I but I trust Bill Hader and Alec Burke. All right, let's move on. Um, yeah. Okay, Jeffrey, I I gotta know like what what else are you watching that you really got to say something? And then Mike, I want to do some quick fire stuff with stuff on your list. Uh, like I said, I'm not watching a whole lot of TV. Um, I will shout out, um, if anybody likes documentaries, uh, Q Suite, 
Pray and Obey, I think it's called. Is... Oh, my wife watched well, that's that. On, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on, that is a very well made, very well made documentary. Netflix is really good at making documentaries, or at least buying mm. good ones. <laughs> um, but, Probably um, the latter. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, it's a really good documentary. I came home from work one day and my wife was watching it, and she's like, "This is crazy," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." It's, it hurts. And then to she watch. told me, "I'm like, that is crazy." <laughs> it hurts to watch. It's it's, it's truly painful, but in a, in a good way. It's it's. It's gross, it's sickening, but at the same time, I mean, that stuff happens in our world, so, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Mike, can we do some quick fire? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I've, I've circled things on your list I for sure want to hear about. Um, okay, I, you, I know you did the review for it, and we got a lot of buzz on Twitter about it. I, you're the only person I know that's seen this show. Tell me a little bit about Pachinko. Oh, that's, yeah, that's that's right. It's, it's a um, while ago, but you gave it a 10 out of 10. You said this is incredible must-see TV, and we got 10. so much, okay. so much traffic. It's an Apple TV+. Plus. We got uh, so much traffic from it on Twitter, but I don't know a thing about it. Can you just give me like an, a, a quick pitch on what it is and why it's so good? Sure. So it is about a um, a Korean family who uh, they they're in Korea during uh, Japanese occupation, and uh, it just spans you know just three to four generations of this family and just the struggles that they go through to just be accepted. It's it's a really it's a really great show. It's beautifully shot. It's it's absolutely absolutely beautiful. And shame on the Emmys for not giving it more um, more recognition or more awards buzz. But it's um you know the performances are great. Uh, the you know just it's it's a really great show. It's one of Apple TV uh, TV Plus's best shows. Um, just the the whole scope uh, kind of similar to what we were talking about with the. Um, with uh, you know the the first season of, or first episode of Watchmen and uh, that episode of Miss Marvel, there's an episode in this that I thought was completely out of place about an earthquake in Japan. That boy, that that provides a lot of context. It's really interesting. Um, I also don't understand why there's going to be a season two. If I'm being perfectly mm. honest, have have the guts because you told a great story for season one. Have the guts to leave it at that, but. You know, money. so interesting. You're saying money. that, but then we're saying that we're saying we don't want that for Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I I understand. I said what I said, All and right. I will I will stand by it. But it's it, it's a great show. The performances are great. It's um, you know, it's it's just it's a story about family at its at its very core, and just the struggle that fam that this family has to make sure that they're future generations are taken care of um it sounds i know i'm not giving a great description of it it sounds really dry but it's it's fantastic give me your one word review of halo boo (laughs) Boo. i was so mad so mad about about that and you know that that should have been at minimum you know you know for baseball terms that should have been a double but that was that was a strikeout looking. I I was so mad oh, after after watching it. So okay, um, okay, a, a show that I honestly like. I remember it was kind of big when it came out, but I have not heard a single person talk about season two, The Flight Attendant, because that was a Max original title, and I think a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, that was a really good like it was a launch title, like that was really good." But season two came out. I don't I don't know that anybody said anything about it. Season two's season two's good. I, I like it. It's progressing the story really well i'm you know i like season one a little bit better but it's it's interesting and try not to give anything away but you know kaylee cuoco is still great in it and it's just a little weird uh, where the story goes from here but it's good i like it um 
I really loved season one of Russian Doll, and season two is out now. I have no idea where they're going to take it. I... I assume you saw season two. Yeah, where where they take it, it's as if that show couldn't get any more dense and confusing. Uh, they managed to do it, but they managed to do it in a really effective way. And I really like this season a lot. Oh, it's, good. It's really good. I, like, I, so I, I thought it was really good. Um, I can see that, you know, it's not for everybody. But um, if you if you liked season if you like season one and um, I loved season one. and as long as you if you love season one and you don't expect season one, you'll be in good shape. Okay. Do I need to rewatch season one? Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt. Okay. I don't remember a thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember loving it. Uh, if you don't know, Russian doll is a, is a time loop. Um, you know, you reset the day, mm-hmm. um, show starring, uh, Natasha Leone. And I think she directed some of the episodes and that's what I heard. Lots of good stuff. Uh, all right. This, this could get long, but, um, but better, better call Saul. Uh, better. Call- Are you watching this too, Jeffrey? No. Okay, I feel like I'm the only person in the world that wasn't watching it, so at least there's the two of us. <laughs> hey, yeah. I hear there's something like dra- like people are like really like whoa about something that happened like last week. Yep, I would have to <laughs> I would have to agree with that. Um, <laughs> if if you are making the argument that Barry and Ted Lasso are the best shows on TV right now. The only other show that I would probably throw in there right now is Better Call Saul. And this show had no business being that this good because it takes a borderline joke character from Breaking Bad, which I know your opinions on Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but to t- if you look at that cast of characters and you point it's like, yeah, let's make a show about that guy. That ha- that show had <coughs> all the I thought I was muted for that. Not bad. <laughs> it had all the business in the world for that show to fail, but for the show to not only last this long, but to be this good this late as well, um, it's it's really good. This okay. The second half of the season has been um, really good. The more people talk about this show, the more like it's it's gonna it's gonna climb my queue because everybody is saying the same thing. Okay, I want to hear about the show that I was excited about when I saw the the title card. Um, we own the city. It's a HBO Max show starring John Bernthal that literally nobody is talking about. Yeah, so it's it's not it, it it's more like a spiritual successor to to the wire so the wire so have have either of you seen the wire yes no. <laughs> wait jeffrey was that a yes or no that's a no okay oh, so we get to it um so i recently did a a, a rewatch of the wire because it uh, it just turned 20 uh recently mm-hmm. so and I I forgot how great that that show is, how utterly amazing it is. And what We Own the City does is that it takes some of the the core concepts of of The Wire, where it's spotlighting a particular part of of Baltimore, and they're shining a light to it as to why something is the way that it is. And in this case, it's shining a big spotlight specifically on police. Um, I know they do that a little bit just throughout the course of, of the season, but John Bernthal's character is, um, is is a cop, and you know once you figure out what exactly he's doing, um, it's like, wow, you're you're a bad person. But then it goes to great lengths to just be like, no, he's he's not really a bad person, but the the system, the way that the system is levied around him, yeah this stuff is inevitably going to happen. So the person isn't the problem. It's the system. And 
kind of it's kind of similar to how like kind of one of the takes of uh, under the banner of heaven has as well it's like mm-hmm. well it's yeah it's the people and the people do bad things but the institution is also not great either and it sure. spits out people uh people like this and then they're resort they have to resort to do bad things so what are you going to do transition? Cause that was the next show I was going to ask you about. I did the TV as the sifpop.com TV residential expert or TV review residential <laughs> expert. Uh, how did I do with the under the banner of heaven content? Uh, under the banner of heaven is my second favorite show of, of the year. It's nice. It's fine. Barry. Uh, Barry was number three under the banner. Of heaven oh. was number two. And number one for me is still severance. Severance oh, okay. is still, still my favorite show of the year so far. Okay. Um, Under the Banner of Heaven, um, it's so good. It's so, so amazing. It asks such tough questions about, about the institution of, of just the church. And it's, it's a great study about, about what your faith is made of and just Mm. what, what is something that can shake your faith and how do you get back to a point where you're, you can be okay with your faith after you've seen such terrible things and you learn such terrible things not just about other people but just about the institution as well and that's one of the big things that i really liked about it is the exploration about how how the institution trumps the mission and i you know just that exploration of that i i loved your shout out for um for um andrew garfield's partner because he's not getting a whole lot of love no he's Um, not but he's awesome he's awesome he was so great because he was He's an outsider in this in this community, and he is he's calling it like it is. He's you know he has not he has not been indoctrinated is not the word word I'm I want to use, but that's the closest thing sure. to it. But he's not in the community, so he sees through he see through things that you know other people don't potentially. And just Andrew Garfield just continue just continues to crush it. He's he did such a good job and a well deserved emmy nomination for him i'm hoping i'm that so he... sad because i'm i'm realizing that he's the only emmy nomination like this this should be like a clear like 10 emmy nomination and win everything like how is this not nominated for best limited series uh because shows like inventing anna and the dropout probably did a better marketing job which is too bad because under the banner of heaven definitely deserved a deserved the nomination for best limited series because it was that good um you know i it's the best I, limited series i've seen in a while the 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 last couple episodes of that show have continued to haunt me for the last at least month well i, I could imagine that this was not an easy show for you to watch because you're you're somebody who, who works. it's not an easy show for anybody to watch I, I, yes i understand <laughs> no, like, that, like this but... is it's it's been a show that has lingered with me. yeah all the performances are outstanding. Um, this this show has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to when it comes to performances and um, just that that final episode when they you know when they kind of wrap everything up. Um, I I was just stunned and just heartbroken by just what happened at the end of it. It's it's so good. I I I I wrote a tweet uh, re, uh, like when the show first started where um, I said uh, you know. Watching Under the Banner of Heaven, it's really great, um, and it got like 200 retweets or likes, and I'm like, what is going on with this? Because same kind of same thing with the the Pachinko thing. I I did you know 
I got a lot of people that just were like, yeah, I agree. But one person did say that, um, you know, I think this show is exploitative because at the end of the day, this is about a real a real murder. And um, we should it's be keeping not. that to the, the forefront. And I'll, although I do I do agree with with premise of, of yes. what this guy said, because that is clearly a tweet from somebody that has not watched this show. I agree. I agree with that. But um, the forefront should be that, um, yeah, this this woman and and her daughter were were murdered, you know, yes. and that's that's bad. Um, obviously, you know, <laughs> so, but Casey did not uh, cleared up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's my hot take by the way, for, for later on, uh, today, but, um, so child murder is bad. Yeah. Child murder is bad. Everybody don't do it. Um, but it's, it's so much more than that because it's not only dealing with this murder, but it's dealing with, with, the, with fundamentalism within a church and just, you know, what happens to cause people to go in this direction? Um, it's a really, it's really a great and fantastic show. I really loved nice. it. Um, okay, I've got four more um, <laughs> that, I, that, I, that I gotta hit on. Um, gotcha. And and then yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'm curious about Blackbird on Apple TV Plus, mostly because of Taron Edgerton. Two episodes in, I really like it so far. Um, Taron Edgerton's great in it. I'm very intrigued by by what's going on with it. Um, I'm going to say so far so good, but I'm also going to say it's too early to tell. Okay. Um, Nick's review recently published of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. He called it the best first season of a Star Trek show in history. What are your thoughts? I'm not a Star Trek fan, so if that's what he says, cool. But for for somebody coming in as a Star Trek, nothing. I'm not even – I'm a novice. Like, nothing. I, I, I don't actively hate it, but it's something that – Star Trek is a huge pop culture blind spot for me so you haven't seen like the the chris pine movies uh sure i've i've okay. seen those and i've seen wrath of khan but Got no it. other tv i've never seen any of the star trek tv shows and i i really liked it because one it's it's episodic so it's not like it's carrying the weight of this whole whole like a whole story but it pays homage to you know to star trek but not in a way where it's beating you over the head with it mm-hmm. so i liked it um, and, uh, if there was a, if there was a Star Trek show that I was going to watch that was going to hook me in, I'm glad it was this one. And mm. also kudos to Paramount Plus, cause you did that one too. And at least, at least you did that space show well. Yeah. My, my Star Trek extent, my knowledge is the, the three Chris Pine, Pine movies and the, uh, first season Lower Decks. I haven't gotten that. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, you're going to hate it, but tell me a little bit about the new Resident Evil show on Netflix. <sighs> Okay. Um, It feels like they're trying. It feels like Resident Evil is just trying to make stuff that like they really should make and it should be good. And it just doesn't seem to turn out like welcome to Raccoon City. The premise should is, is all I needed. Resident Evil 2 remake or Resident Evil 2 in film form. Yep. Should work. It should work. It should work. So Resident Evil welcome city or welcome to Raccoon City suffered because they tried to jam in too much when they're trying to reboot it. They're introducing all these characters. I love the first five Resident Evil games, so I'm very familiar with it. And they're trying to jam in things from Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil Mm. 2, some things from Code Veronica as well, and it was just too much. And this series on Netflix does the exact opposite because what it does is that 
it's trying to do an original story while still having all this other stuff from Resident Evil in the background, but it doesn't work. It mm. just doesn't work. Um, it is You could have called this anything else and it would have been fine, but the fact that they called it Resident Evil is, travesty is a strong word, but yeah, I think I'm going to land land on that. <laughs> It's it's just not so. It's not as hard as people make, are making it out to be to make a good Resident Evil. I mean, the, the Resident Evil Two remake is a top five video game of all time. For me. I'm so excited for this Resident Evil Four remake. Biohazard and um, Village are also incredible, and mm-hmm. I really like Three and Five as well. Yeah, and yeah. Six is decent at best. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like the Resident Evil franchise is awesome. It right. Should be so easy to adapt. The, it just hasn't. The best it's Resident fun. Evil non-video game property is the animated series that's on Netflix now. So okay, cool so check know. check that out. Um, but this um, if if you take if if there's any character in Resident Evil that you could take to center a show around and try to make it semi-original, um, the character that they choose was the wrong one. Absolutely, mm. the the wrong one. So. Oh, they chose Wesker, didn't they? They chose Wesker, and mm. Wesker Wesker's an interesting character, and I will give Lance Reddick props because he's doing the best he can with the material he's given. Because I I like Rant, Lance Reddick in a lot of yeah. different things, but he's awesome in Fringe. He's he's awesome in a lot of things. Um, he was awesome in The Wire. He was awesome in Fringe, and he was fine in in this. Um, I'm gonna leave the rest because I just finished my review for it and sent okay. it to Robert. Yeah, good, and, good tease. And um, let's just put it this way: my uh, the email that I sent to him is that sometimes I hate myself, and this is a moment where I hate myself. Mm. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean Chris Redfield and Leon, you could easily do main characters, or even Claire or, or Jill. Forget yeah, any of them. Any of them, literally any of them. And the okay. one that they choose is and. They, the yeah, it was it was okay. the wrong decision. So okay, I only have one more to ask you about, um, and that's the bear. I hear a lot of people talk about it. I don't have any idea about the bear. I was surprised at the bear because um, I gave you my but you, top... but you, just just give me a tease. Okay, um, if you like if you like food and you like um, it, it's about this uh, this guy who inherits his brother's restaurant um he's like a gourmet chef but he inherits his brother's sandwich shop and he has to adapt and the staff has to adapt to him as well and it's a really great story about you know the struggles of restaurant ownership and how to process grief and um what it takes comparison to to chef no no i mean chef Um, is ultimately a father-son film but if you're taking the part of chef where it is this five-star chef adapting to a, a different truck. a different medium, so like borderline lower level than what he should be, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that part of it is is accurate. But the stuff about him and his relationship with with his brother and just the other members of the the kitchen um, are what really makes the show great. And um, this. I gave you my top three shows of the year. Um, Pachinko's number four, and this is number five. Okay. All right. All right. That's it. That's all I had to ask you about. Um, why don't Why don't we do the hot takes, and then I think we have time for the B plot if we can do it quickly. All right. Fair. Sounds good. All right. I don't I don't have a hot take this month. Um, I'm all out of hot takes right now. <laughs> um, what do you guys got? Uh, I said a few of my main ones mm-hmm. already, which is 
there's no reason for Stranger Things season four to be that long. Um, mm-hmm. No episode of TV needs to be as long as most of those episodes ever. Um, I think same thing. Like I said, we already said this before, but the Marvel shows ever since Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, Loki and WandaVision are exceptions to this. All the Marvel shows really just should be movies with budgets. And I don't see why we're not doing that. Because even if you release it just as a movie on Disney Plus, you still have content. I mean, obviously, the real reason is TV shows have better retention so that you can keep people on your service. Like, I get it. But mm-hmm. I think all of those shows would be better as movies. And uh, my big overall hot take is that we're slowly going towards uh, the old days where we had three channels, except now we're going to have three streaming services. And it's basically just going to be the same thing that we had back in like the 1960s, but with streaming services. Look, it, it, it's it's about time for some streaming services to get absorbed. It's about Honestly. time for, for it's about time for an AT and T to buy a singular, singular, except in the streaming service world. <laughs> so I'm ready for it. I'm ready so, for Amazon to buy Paramount or so um, something. Jeffrey, what are your three streaming services then? If they're all, if you could pick the three serv- streaming services to win. Win in a Hunger Games style match. Which ones are you picking? Well, are, um, are you saying that they're going to get bought up, or are you saying people are only going to pay for three? I think they're going. A lot of them are going to get bought up because there's so many like oh, small yeah. ones that I think. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the bigger one's just going to absorb them. Uh, I'm surprised Netflix hasn't already acquired their own some other streaming services already. I'm sure they'll get to it um, once they can find more money. Um, yeah, no, they don't have money. <laughs> they should have done that years That's ago. That's why, like, now they're mine. Yeah, and. And it's interesting because like Paramount and Peacock are kind of like protected because they're anyway, interesting. Yeah. So what are your three then? If you have to pick three? Uh, I think Disney Plus is going to be left over, but I think Disney is going to buy a lot of other companies continuing on. And so mm-hmm. we'll see what comes to Disney that. Plus and Hulu are just going to merge since they're already yeah. are kind of. Um, yeah. Netflix is kind of up in the air on because I'm just like things move so fast nowadays like companies get bought out like so randomly i really doubt it's gonna happen in netflix but i'm just kind of like i'm waiting for netflix we'll to see. stay there for sale because they're yeah. money we'll see and they are losing they subscribers i'm waiting to see they need to do to something say, we're up at auction they need to do something drastic to to come back i think it's possible but we'll see and i definitely think i think uh hbo max has better legs than most people give it credit for and not just because it's already a good streaming service which it is i just know that um with AT&T gobbling up other companies already, I can see them just doing that with HBO Max and buying a bunch of other smaller streaming services. Yeah, but it sounds like they pretty much want nothing to do with HBO Max right now. So Yeah, they already, so they, they, they already spun it off. They already spun it off. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, H- they spun it off and now like Discovery owns it. Yeah, so HBO yeah. Max and Discovery Plus are eventually going to merge into one, which, right, fine. I guess, but um, yeah, that's that'll be interesting. Yeah. Who owns Discovery, though? Is the question. Discovery owns Discovery. Uh, oh, so they're just spun. So okay, I assume they were underneath. Yeah, it's a shame, but it's also like I feel like maybe HBO Max might be one of those that are bought out. But the, if the, Apple, I, look, if Apple wants to buy it and merge it with the Apple oh, TV Plus stuff, that'd be Apple TV Plus is probably that'd be a great be acquisition. Yeah, the the new company that owns Discover is Warner Brothers Discovery. Right. Okay. So. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that might not be not that might not surprise me if they put up a for sale sign soon, which is going to be a shame because they have the best content. Um, okay, uh, Mike, what's your hot take? Uh, my hot take is that if HBO is the best, you know, spits out the best original content, I want to tip my cap to FX for their original mm. original yeah. content. So. 
Like if we take Man, away, that's, that's been number one and two for so long for me. If, if they, if if you take a, if we set aside just some of their their older shows, which are heavy hitters, you know, between Sons of Anarchy. HBO or FX? Okay, I'm talking about FX specifically. Um, talking about it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Justified, Sons of Anarchy, all so those happy shows. So said Justified. All those shows are are fantastic, but there's stuff. This, a lot of the stuff that they're putting out recently is borderline just as good as a lot of the stuff on HBO, if not just right behind them. So, let's between the Bear, um, Under the Banner of Heaven, um, the Old Man, which didn't get a chance to talk about that, but the Old mm-hmm. Man is fantastic uh, so far. So, um, so that's great. But then we also have things like Reservation Dogs. And what we do in the shadows as well. Mm-hmm. FX has got a lot of great, great content, and uh, I don't know. Sometimes I don't think they get taken as as seriously. You obviously, you know, are willing to to give them it, its props, but um, that definitely needs to. Well, and and the FX and Hulu thing has been a really good collaboration because they've been more accessible and they've greenlit more shows, I think, than they would have normally. Yep. Um, like I don't think devs happens if it's not the FX and Hulu thing. Um, probably not. Yeah. So anyway, I think it's been super good, but yeah, I mean, before I had HBO, I said FX has the best content out there because that was the sons of anarchy justified. It's always sunny Philadelphia days. And look, justified is the best show that everybody's forgotten about. Um, uh, except for me, um, justified is so stinking good. Uh, it's worth, it's worth going back and watch. I think they were actually like talking about doing a revival season recently. They still, um, they still are awesome. Perfect. Because that gives me a chance to rewatch the show and to tell other people they need to. Um, also, and Timothy Oliphant is goaded. Um, he was goaded before that show for me, but that really solidified it. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, it, FX is pretty. And and I think um, I think people really came around to Legion by the time it ended. I think it just got off to a rocky start. So yep. Anyway, awesome. I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, and yeah, you're absolutely right. FX is a, is a, is an underdog. Okay, do we, um, I think we have time if we can do them quickly. So let's hear the TV pitches. Um, Jeffrey, why don't you go first? Mike's, Mike's been talking for a while. Uh, very Sorry. simple. Uh, no, 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 no it's know. fine. You guys, you just played... watch all the TV. Right, you had the, you were the expert of the entire podcast right now. I think um, in the future schedules, I've just got to make Mike a solo guest. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think... What we really need right now is a Dragon Age series. I don't know if you guys have Ooh. played those games. It's no like Lord of the Rings high fantasy, but mixed with Game of the Thrones like political it's Bethesda, thriller. Bethesda, right? Uh, it's Bioware. Bioware. So the same people that did uh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect people, yeah. And I just feel like that is such an untapped IP that a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know they're coming out with a Netflix anime series, but I'm talking like there needs to be a live action series of Dragon Age. You want like a Witcher adaptation. Yeah. Which I know technically Witcher is adapted from the books, not the games, but Yeah, the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Same same concept. But okay. there's a lot they could explore definitely. Okay. Very cool. I, I I hear I don't I don't really know much, but I hear that the like most recent one was just bad. Um, really? Inquisition? I liked Inquisition a lot. There was mixed opinions on it. I think um, I think it I think it's come around, but I think at launch it was a hot mess. Yeah, that's I don't buy any games at launch anymore. Because <laughs> a lot of times they come out buggy. People are like, this is horrible. And it's like, yeah, they just it's just unfinished. Good sure. call, but I am way too excited about Gotham Knights and the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League to not play them day one. Gotham Knights uh, scares me. 
<laughs> God, that's, I look at that gameplay, I'm like, I just know this is going to be buggy on launch. I just know. It, I'm so conflicted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I pre-ordered it. Uh, all right, Mike, let's hear your pitch. I looked at some of my favorite movies that have not gotten any additional anything so no sequels no tv show no anything and the highest rated of the shows or of the movies that i want to see some type of maybe limited series a la maybe Watchmen, is inception and the what what i have in mind for that is uh, my my kind of rough sketch of a plot is that we're gonna do three different teams performing three different inceptions for you only get to follow one team. You don't know who the other two teams are until later on, but each one is dependent. It's the same, it's the same patient or it's the same target? Uh, no, no. It's three different okay. people who are kind of connected to one another. And in order for what the end result needs to be, there needs to be an idea incepted into all three of them at the same time in order for this Got idea it. to be to be present or to, to be generated. Um, so... We follow one team, and my team, the cast that I have for that, um, this is obviously a dream cast because I don't, I think money is going to be a bit of an issue, but hey, it is what it is. It's my it's my pitch, so I don't care. Um, so my my leader is Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Mm. His partner is Ana Diarmas, and the my other three people are Taryn Edgerton, Carl Urban, and O'Shea Jackson. So that's wow, my that's a stellar cast. So that's my that's team. That's so bad. That's, <laughs> my, that, that's a cast that doesn't ever miss. So that's that's my team, and the target that they're following is, or the the target that they're trying to incept something into them is Christian Bale, who is this like psycho crazy guy, and it goes into his mind. And whereas in the first in Inception, they go into um they go into that guy's mind and it's militarized um you know because he's been trained um christian bale is a bit of a psychopath in this is this a surprise american psycho sequel (laughs) maybe but (laughs) but imagine so imagine that you're going into someone's head and like in the first one it's militarized but it's militarized and it's it's from a crazy person as well so kind of all of the cell as well Mm. And I want J.J. Abrams as my my showrunner because he's done he's done shows like Alias, he's done shows like Lost, and I just want one season. He doesn't need to go beyond beyond all of this. And then you learn who the other two teams are and what they're actually doing and whether or not they should be doing what they're doing. Um, I haven't workshopped that far, but that's that's as far as I got. Okay. Because hmm. in I remember the first time I saw Inception and I was blown away by how good it was it's one of my favorite movies of all time and it's surprising given how much hollywood loves money that we have not gotten a second a second one or a spinoff or anything like that if any other director besides nolan that's what i was about to say but because it's chris nolan and christopher nolan not a huge fan of sequels which and well i think there's theories that like inception and tenant are in the same universe sure like I've, i've i've heard that as well but um Nothing, nothing definitive with that, but right, I, right, right. I want a, I want a six, six episode limited series on HBO Max, um, with an unlimited budget, and you know, just them to knock it out of the park the same way that they knocked out Watchmen, how they okay. knocked that out of the park too. Okay, like my dream, if I had to, if I had to do this, I would say we're making a, we're making a, an FX on Hulu 
um, you know, Bill Hader and uh, Seth Rogen, the cops from Superbad, we're making, we're giving them like a, you know, a, a comedy show treatment. We're giving them the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." You're just, here, get in a room together and make some fun. That's that's my yeah. dream TV show. Um, okay. The 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 point of this is that you guys each give a pitch, and I have to pick one to green light because I only have enough money for one. <laughs> he of them. had a real pitch. That's <laughs> an idea. Here's the thing, though, Jeffrey. I'm actually going to pick yours, and and it's. It's for two reasons, um, and it's it's not because Mike did a bad job. Like it's close. Um, th- there's something about dr- about like Dragon Age is a untapped IP. I mean, other than in video games. I mean, and you're saying they're going to be yeah. they're going to have a new one, and I feel like that might like as as long as it doesn't come across as a we're trying to do what The Witcher did. Um, I think that could be really popular, and I think Bioware is incredible storytellers. Um, so there's gotta be a good, like, there has to be a good story to the Dragon Age games that is, is good for there. The other reason is my conception is my third favorite film of all time. And I adore that movie, but part of why I adore it is because it's just its own thing and something that complex, I think has the potentials to be incredible, but also has the, it scares me that it might go off the rails and it's one of those things that, like, it's a miracle Christopher Nolan pulled that movie off. True. It's if because if one little thing goes wrong of that movie, the whole movie doesn't work. If because as soon as one little thing goes wrong, it's just like the whole thing is going to be a mess. And yeah, if that if that second layer in uh, at the hotel doesn't work, like, well, no, the, but I'm the... not even talking about just on a logistics how the Inception stuff doesn't work. I'm saying in the process of making the film or the show. Oh yeah, yeah. if you get one wrong cast. Like the rest of the movie falls apart, um, or if you make one wrong editing decision, the movie falls apart. Um, especially, it would be like a domino effect. Um, if you make one decision, one wrong decision, it would have a domino effect that would lead the whole movie to be off the rails. But Nolan knows what he's doing, and Wally Pfizer behind the camera knows what he's doing, and Hans Zimmer makes one of the best scores of all time. I I'm green lighting Jeffrey's because yours scares me. <laughs> because because Mike's your, yours is going to be Watchmen level great or Halo levels bad. Like there's no in between. <laughs> but it it just it it scares me too much. <laughs> it's too much. There's a reason. There's a reason there hasn't been an Inception sequel yet. And gosh, I would love to see it, but same I'm time, scared. Baby. I'm so in thinking about this. Like I I had a couple other things that i was looking uh-huh. at but that was the one that was like biggest I risk like, biggest reward but i like you're, right, that you're, you're swinging right. for the fences look i'm to- i would i'm totally on board for your series but i am just scared enough that i can't pull the trigger <laughs> <laughs> that's okay so, i'll i'll just i'll just take my series to uh to some to somebody else and they'll i'll, I'll take it to netflix and netflix will green light it for sure so for sure, especially I don't think Christopher Nolan wants to work with Warner re- anytime soon. So, um, yes, there's already that working against us. <laughs> True. No, it's it's uh no, I really like the pitch. Trust me, and and the cast you assembled is Chef's Kiss. Yeah, um, but it, you know, and I and I love I love what you're talking about. How like it has to be multi layered with multiple people. I'm so interested. Like I said, it's just this is one of those things. Like the movie Inception is a high wire balance, and I'm just I'm scared. Um, and, and, and you said JJ Abrams and part of me is like, yes, but part of me is like fifth season of fringe rides Skywalker, <laughs> like, right. like, like JJ Abrams makes or breaks this thing. And I gotcha. It's all good. 
I'm, anyway, I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've heard of Dragon Age, but you know, now that, now that you've kind of pitched it and you want it to be a TV show now, now it's just made me more curious. So I promise that would be, if they could pull it off, that, that series would be one of the biggest TV series of all time. I, I believe that very confidently. My caveat is we clearly can't, if, if I'm greenlighting that, is is we have to do something different other than just being like, oh, we're doing what, what Netflix did with The Witcher. Like, it, yeah. it has to feel different. It would be different from the jump, but I, I will say in the beginning, it would feel a lot like a ripoff off of other Yeah, it has series. to feel different than The yeah. Witcher or Game of Thrones. If, and we, can, as if it, we can do that. As it goes on, it'll very quickly change. If we're just starting with like the first game, like it, the first game starts off like this seems like a very typical fantasy world, and then similar, similar to Game of Thrones in terms of like the the, the turns it takes, the entire series becomes a lot less typical very quickly. Okay. But the first few episodes, people will be like, "Oh, this just seems like another random fantasy yeah. show." Yeah, I, I was I was very much like not wanting to greenlight yours only because I was just <laughs> like I I, wor- I wonder about everything being the same you know copycat syndrome but yeah it would. there's a lot of differences okay if you can promise me that then i think <laughs> i think you know all right cool well there you go let me know if i made the right decision uh let me know which which show you would agree let, let me know which one you're interested in um in, in seeing um let me know which one excited you the most or whatever's wrong i don't know maybe this is just my um i'm, I'm not trying to take this too serious you know <laughs> but i'm just saying like i want to think about it a little bit and, you know maybe i'm just overthinking Whatever. Aaron does not anyway. actually have millions of dollars to give us for our pitches unfortunately wait you don't right. well, and, and what again, are we look, even doing <laughs> what are we even doing look, look look if i had the millions of dollars i'm green lighting my seth rogan and bill Hader super bad cops <laughs> show like I, I don't care you could come with me with the best pitch ever we're doing my thing because that's clearly the right answer but how very no. how very al ruddy of you to want to do the longest yard as opposed to doing you know oh doing... all right good callback good callback hey the longest yard was a huge success for him i agree um, i agree it's just yeah. there's the longest yard and then there's the godfather part two you know true but then there's the adam sandler longest yard and there's st- still the godfather part two oh. <laughs> <laughs> no uh cool all right. Well, there we go. Um, I, I'm excited. Um, by the way, listeners, um, please send in your questions. I uh, would love to hear. Uh, I, I've got a pipeline of stuff because I asked the SIF pop writers for some stuff. But if you have something that you want to discuss here, um, if you're like, hey, I really like these TV pitches. You should do more of them. If you're like, hey, please don't anymore. Um, that, or maybe you should have more tighter boundaries on them and suggest a couple of things. Would love to hear those. Uh, if you whatever you want to hear, let me know. Um, lists are great. Um, and uh, or best ever challenge topic is great. Um, or, um, any, anything that involves, yeah, ideally lists or something like that. But I think, I think these are a lot of fun. Um, I don't know that we'll do them a lot at like super regularly, like we do with the fanny cast, fantasy cast for nostalgia movies. But, um, but yeah, I think this, this, uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, but, I, but ultimately I want this section to be what the listeners want to hear. So send in your questions, do it to writers room at sifpop.com or DM me on Twitter. Would love to hear them. Um, okay. So they just leave the spinoff. So what is that? Anything uh, the one thing in any area of pop culture that you're really excited to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from. Mike, let's start with you this time. Uh, surprise, surprise. I'm going to recommend a TV show. Um, <laughs> so I know I've been crapping a lot on Paramount Plus, but a show that I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying so far is uh, their show Players. Um, so okay. it's about um, it's about this esports uh, team um, playing Legion. Uh, uh, League of Legends, and uh-huh. it's 
it's in the format of a documentary, kind of similar to how the the Last Dance uh, was kind of done. Um, but it's but it's not a true story. No, I I don't think so. I I don't. Okay. I don't think so. It's supposed to be okay. kind of a semi parody of this, but would would you say this is Paramount Plus's version of Mythic Quest? In the same, if somebody same... that hasn't seen Mythic Quest, <laughs> oh, that's 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 too bad. Check out check out Mythic Quest. That's that's one of Apple TV shows, uh, TV Plus's better shows. But same same realm. It deals with video games, but it you know. Go... It's a show that's not taking itself too seriously in the sense that they understand that esport, like playing esports and how big and how ridiculous it's gotten is is kind of insane. But at the same time, it's also um, showing just how hard you actually have to work in order to be really good at this and how you have to, you're probably going to piss off a lot of people, particularly your family for, you know, spending all this time playing these games instead of, you know, doing things like, I don't know, school or trying to do something else. So, um, yeah, school is, that's my other hot take. School is is stupid. Um, But, um, but I'm surprised at how much I'm liking this because it explores the characters, um, like each of the team, team members and um, just how, you know, they got to be where they're at and how they got to be a team. So, and also, I like that it's. Um, if this would have been just a regular show, I don't think it would have worked. But they made it into like a mockumentary type of thing, and it works out a lot better that way. So more, more of that, more of that genre, because that you know, even something like Abbott Elementary was was great as well. But yeah, I'm I'm really liking it so far, and check it out because that's one of like two shows that's decent on paramount plus and they need I okay. guess money is Sounds good. good money is good my third hot take of the day <laughs> money is good. Your third hot take. very nice well um i'm gonna go in the middle um here um i showed my wife a film that um i really liked that she didn't love as much as i wish she would have um because i was in the mood to watch logan lucky and that's a great movie if you've never seen it um it's kind of described as the redneck oceans 11 because it's by soderbergh but honestly it's a movie that is in many ways much more than that but in more ways much less than that um there's an incredible daniel craig performance in here there's a really good chaining potato performance in here there's a really amazing adam driver performance in here um uh there's uh there's a there's a really like sneak it like uh, like um, i didn't recognize it until this watch but there's a really good jack quaid performance in here um because he plays one of the rednecks like one of the brothers of joe bang and i was just like oh that's jack quaid that's so cool um i don't know maybe this came out before the boys and i didn't know who he was before the boys. um mm-hmm. i think they were about the same time but uh um yeah there's this uh <laughs> uh like it, it's it's very quotable um it's it's very very funny there's there's this whole sequence um there's this whole sequence where there's a prison riot kind of and their demands are that they want the winds of winter in the library <laughs> but but obviously like the winds of winter hasn't come out yet and this is so mm. funny because this movie came out in 2017 and like the winds of winter still hasn't come out yet <laughs> but they're like no george R. R. martin promised it would be right at least two years ago and he's like i see like it's a really fun exchange it's it it's just the stuff that my my humor just looks at and loves it. I'm sorry. I just maybe ruined the best joke in the movie for you, but <laughs> it's so fun to watch it play out. And I hope you just forget about it when it happens. Um, uh, but yeah, Adam driver giving like a, a really 
interesting subdued performance. Um, the cast is a delight and it's complex in a really fun way. And um, yeah, if you haven't seen Logan Lucky, it's awesome. Yeah, let me so, check that out. Yeah, it's great. Um, yo, and Daniel Craig is like doing like a lead up to Benoit Blanc because he has this this southern accent. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, there's there's this line I, I'm trying to think of Adam Adam Driver. Um, he he has to. There's this code word that he has um, between between him and his brother that he yes to say. I'm trying to remember because uh, this takes place in uh, West Virginia, so they're they speak with West Virginian accents. Um, so there's this line. Uh, I'll figure anyway. I'll figure it out. But it's of course when I want to think about it, I can't. Anyway, good podcast. As it, as it goes. Yeah. As it goes. As it goes. Um, so you should check it out for sure, um, Jeffrey. Uh, what do you want to tell people to check out or to stay away from? Uh, I have been mainly catching up on older movies recently. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of things that I'm going to recommend are just to remind people to catch up on something. So everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Go see boop, it. Boop. Uh, the Northman was recently sent to Peacock to die. Uh, don't let it. Uh, <laughs> please watch The Northman. <laughs> <laughs> please watch the Northman. I feel like I'm. I feel like we're gonna get to Oscar season, and this, there's gonna be no nominations for that movie. I'm gonna be kind of mad. I'll be upset. Um, and uh, real random, but if you have not watched Invincible, please watch Invincible. That's that's it. I recently rewatched it and uh, love that show. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, uh, I I support two of those three. I will let you decide. Um, <laughs> I will. I will let you wonder which one. Interesting. Uh, no, it's. I. Th- I think Invincible is overrated. I think it's fine. Um, That's fair. I, I don't. I don't love. love I was it. a fan of the comic books growing up, so, so watching it on like the animated was like a big thing for me. I can get why that might not be some people's thing for sure. I liked watching it. I'm just like it. It's lost all of its steam since the first season ended. Like I. I have at yes. this point no no interest in returning to it. It's it's okay. taken it's 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 definitely was like a, a moment, and as yes. long, the longer they get away from making like from getting season two out, the moment just keeps getting further and further into the back. Yeah, and like it had a really really incredible end of the first episode, um, but but yeah, like it was one of those like I feel like it was kind of like uh, like shock value, and like you stayed in it because like of, of some of that. But now I'm just like it kind of was just like every other one, wasn't it? And you know, it's kind of like the yeah. boys except cartoons. And anyway, um, yeah. So I've no, I, I liked the Northman and everything ever all at once quite a bit. I'm gonna watch everything ever all at once tomorrow. Um, okay. Well, uh, remember you guys, you can follow, um, Mike and Jeffrey. Uh, I'll have their Twitters in the episode descriptions. Just remember that. Uh, and, and remember to check out Mike on serialized and letterbox and all that stuff. You can also check him out yeah, on, uh, letterboxd, uh, or Twitter at Schweitcastle. And quick reminder, the Sif Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you want to write for SifPop.com um, or if you want to send a question to explore, explore on the B-plot or even just give some feedback, Writers Room at SifPop.com is the place to do it. Uh, that's an email address, by the way, not a website URL. Writers Room at SifPop.com. Um, and then uh, please don't forget, forget to leave us a review on iTunes thing as well. Would appreciate it. Five-star reviews only. Leave your one-star reviews out of here. But if you got to the end of the episode and you're going to leave a one-star review, why um okay uh next week robert and i will be talking about the billy wilder classic the apartment um so so make sure to check out back here for that we will be talking about full spoilers so if you keep up with the show and you haven't seen it and you care about that stuff you know check out the apartment um and next month for tv i will have jack and rowan on to to play lots of catch up on things i'm hoping 
hope that I should have Miss Marvel done by then. I'm I'm hoping I can also have Moon Knight done, done by then. I'm hoping I have the time to get Stranger Things done by then, and I would love to have some Westworld thoughts. But uh, um, I'm know, obviously, I'm glad we convinced you to uh, to watch Miss Marvel tonight. So I'm glad yeah, that for we sure. did our job. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's one of those that like. Um, me and my wife were talking about it now that like we finished with Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like, what, what's the thing that we're going to do next? And, um, you know, Miss Marvel is in the conversation. Um, she, we still haven't seen Book of Boba Fett. Um, we will, but it doesn't seem urgent. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no. same, same feels with Moon Knight. So, um, again, that's probably just going to be a me at some point and I'll tell her if it's worth watching. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, but we're also talking about like the new season of what we do in the shadows is coming soon and we never finished season three. Um, so we might just watch the whole series of what we do in the shadows again, because mm-hmm. it's worth watching. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what actually comes up, but, uh, but Mike Jeffrey, thank you guys for joining me. I had a good time. Really appreciate you taking your time. Um, to instead of watch the Stranger Things finale to record a <laughs> record a podcast with me. This is still shorter than that. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually is. Uh, yeah. It is. <laughs> That's sure insane. It's in, insane. Uh, but awesome. Thanks. Thank you guys so much. And uh, we'll we'll have you back on. You know when the next schedule turns over and all that, and we'll have plenty of more um, stuff to talk about. I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be some good stuff coming out in the next little bit, even if it's not TV, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, thank you guys. And thank you for all that you do for the website. Appreciate it. All right. Um, so you guys know, come back next week for the apartment. We'll see you then.